there's work I'm doing now for the show that the original sketch drawing might be three years old, two years old, or a couple weeks old that come in from different points of like when I'm necessarily in that conversation with that area of thing that it caught me for whatever reason then. Welcome to The Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, RNS. For this week's episode, I had the chance to talk to the amazing Nazir Young. Nazir is an artist based in Philadelphia in the US. Through the use of oil paints, he explores the parameters of the city and questions how we coexist in the space around us. Nazir's paintings are both real and fictitious, existing both within and outside of the real world. Okay, so I'm going to start with, start with everybody. We should just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. So I am a Philadelphia-based artist. I've, I guess becoming an artist was a weird journey for me because like most things in my life, my best friend gave them to me and then quit doing them for years. <laughs> so he introduced me to drawing young. And towards the end of high school, I was kind of bouncing around, like figuring out what do I want to go to school for? What I'm going to do? And kind of it went for a sudden jump from like, oh, maybe I'll go to school for architecture to going to art school. Mm. But I was actually in school for years for graphic design, then illustration. And then the last mm. tailwind kind of ended up becoming a painter. Oh, wow. So what made that change? Like, why, why did you make that change? So the painting aspect truly is a, a product of the pandemic, I would say. Oh, okay. Because I wasn't, I was in undergrad for eight years in three different schools. And throughout all of that, towards the end, I was at a very painting, very, the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, a very painting heavy school and very rigid in history. And painting is something that kind of scared me for a long time. Mm that I think right at the beginning of the pandemic, right before the U.S. had its lockdown, I had made one really successful oil painting that kind of sat with me. And then with lockdown, kind of feel guilty whenever I say it, that it was kind of a blessing for me in terms of, hmm. I would be working like six jobs, going to school and doing multiple things that it was like the first time in years of having nothing, no obligations anywhere that I really just spent time and had time to play with painting and oil painting, which was the most scary of all the painting to me, really. And I had all that time to keep playing and then it just kept going and it hadn't stopped now. See, that's very interesting though, because I feel like, you know, as much as the pandemic was obviously a huge burden on a lot of people and just the world in general, I do think there is a lot of good things that came out of it in terms of the time that people got to create stuff, particularly for creativity. Like, I think so many artists benefited from the time that they had. Um, it kind of just shows us all that actually we do need to have more periods of relaxation or time time to be able to, to develop things. And I think the fact that you use your time wisely, though, you know, rather than, you know, sit in front of Netflix and bake bread for the entirety of that time, you were like, oh, actually, let's, let's actually tackle something that I find really scary. Let's actually develop myself and, and find, you know, build a new skill, which obviously now is super beneficial to you. So I think, you know, commendments to you for doing that. Thank you. I honestly don't know where I'd be doing exactly or what I'd be doing now because my degree technically is in illustration. Mm. So even that, 
I could not see myself illustrating really. I've done an illustration or two post-graduating, but I could not see that actually career-wise or doing just for myself as where, where I'm at now. Like how interesting though, just like something that is completely out of your control kind of has changed the progression of your life in a very good way. And that's kind of interesting because as you just said, like you can't, like you don't imagine being like an illustrator or doing illustrations now, but it's like, but before that you were totally set on that. This is like what you're going to do. So it's interesting how your mind has changed through forces outside of yourself. And yet you're still doing something you love. That's kind of interesting, actually. I like that. It just kind of gets, it kind of makes me think like how many people have intact potential that they never get to kind of realize because they never have maybe the time or the kind of ability to be able to kind of just do stuff and try and experiment. That's interesting, yeah, actually. I was saying, yes, that's, that's so true. Just because you get locked up in the everyday things that, Absolutely. learning something or taking the time to do it it's such an easy thing to go put off and put off and then absolutely. you know five years have passed oh <laughs> absolutely because tomorrow is always the day after tomorrow is never today it's always the next day and mm -hmm. it's like you're like i'll do it tomorrow and then tomorrow you'll be like yeah it's not tomorrow yet because tomorrow hasn't come yet so it's like <laughs> and then as you said like five years later you're like oh i still haven't done that thing i wanted to do um but i think there you know life for me at this minute like the older i get the more i realize that life is all about timing and it's like, sometimes you have to do stuff now. You have to force yourself to do it. Otherwise you never will, you know, yeah. because you can wait for the right time, but the right time will never come. You know, sometimes you just have to be like, oh, you've got to do it now. If you don't do it now, you've lost the chance. Exactly. So as you said, you studied at Pennsylvania, uh, the Academy of Fine Art. Uh, how was your time studying? Did you enjoy it? So that was the the latter because as I said, I was in school for eight years, so I bounced around from I went to Tyler School of Art, which is part of Temple currently University, and then I went to a com local community college, and then finally ended up at PAFA, and in, each of them was kind of like a bouncing stone for me, just like of it's like all right, a little bit better experience figuring out what I was doing, and that by the time I got to PAFA, it kind of was like, I think I was turning twenty five then. So it was an entirely different experience of like, I kind of was starting to figure out who I was and how to do things that I found going to school right after high school. You don't know who you are yet. You haven't yes. lived a life yet. You don't know what your taste is yet. That I went into, I went into a path with an entirely different mindset of like, this is what I want. This is what I'm taking from the system. And even just a lot of it is like, there's so many resources that are there that if you don't know the right questions to ask from the beginning, no one's going to even tell you those questions. Yeah. So you can finish without even knowing you had to ask a question. You know what? I think that's such a good point. The fact that just society for some reason thinks that like when you're 18, you know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And you really just don't. As you said, like you have not lived. You do not know what you're interested in. Like you just know what you think you're interested in. Um, and it's always weird because people, I feel like adults in education always seems like a weird, people look at you weirdly if you're over, I don't know, like, I think if you're over like 30 and you're in education, people look at you weirdly like, why? But it's like, as you said, like, you might know what you want to do because you, know, you have to live life to understand. You have to learn what you don't want to do to know what you do want to do. And I think yeah. with something like art, especially like cr the creative sector isn't always advertised as a, a good career to have or a viable career to have. So it's like there are some people out there who might be really creative who just never had the opportunity to kind of tap into that. So I think the very fact that you went to the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Art 
at an age where you were like, actually, this is what I want to do. I know what I want to take out of it is actually a really good thing. And actually, that's really clever. Because it means that when you left, the kind of skills and ideas you left with are going to help you now as, a, as an artist, as opposed to going in there being like, yeah, I'm 18, I'm going to just do a degree and leave, and then not know what you're doing. Yeah, because one of the things of not knowing yourself, you think about how many older people and older generations that like do continuing ed classes and things mm. once they live life and like what they're gaining from that that yeah. they've lived they have a grasp of what they're doing and what they're what they're passionate about yeah yeah it's it's always bizarre to me that people when you ask people like oh what are you interested in they're like oh, i don't know it's, it's always strange to me but then i always guess like i just we said earlier i guess you said earlier especially like you get caught up in the everyday. Like it's not easy just to kind of be like, oh, actually, what am I interested in? Sit down and take the time for it. Cause it's like you have to make money, you have to live, you have rent to pay, you have a house mortgage to pay for, you know. Mm-hmm. You kind of can't just you can't just take a year out and be like, oh, let me just go and experience, you know, the world. <laughs> Unless you're very rich. <laughs> yeah. And that's what it's like you think about people with money who get the opportunities to explore and do those things and mm-hmm. find, but then a lot of people don't have that money. So exactly. you never have the chance to yeah. go see and travel. Yeah. see somewhere different in the world that's true that's very true it's something that yeah i think actually we take for granted uh something that i for sure take for granted actually when i think about it when i have conversations with people but hey you know it's it, it's also about the life you make for yourself as well i think that plays a part you know i think it, it depends it depends on circumstances because i think mm-hmm. i think it depends actually because you know you have like geological restrictions you have financial rest- you have a lot of restrictions i guess anyway that's a conversation for a very different time um uh, that's getting way off this conversation but that's okay something that i'm really have interesting thoughts about but now is not the time for that um so what are your thoughts on art education like do you think it's important for artists to have like a degree that is person to person because Mm. it is truly a level of like where you're starting from and what you gain from it because even like my tail end of school is a lot of it i got from my interactions with peers as much as professors that you can get that externally to school that the degree doesn't matter and you can get the technical skills that i feel like even for papa a lot of me was the technical skills of like learning some of those traditional techniques but a lot of it was also my peers and being around and being influenced by other artists that i guess depending where your starting point is of what you can gain from it and also that conversation of like how old and what you've experienced now because knowing what you're looking to get from art Mm. school because it has plenty of answers for a lot of people but no one knows what they're looking for yet Mm. yeah that's a really good way of looking at it in terms of like i guess anything you approach in life really is in terms of like you should ask yourself like what do you want to get out of it because i think a lot of the time we just go through life being like oh cool i'm just doing this i can it's like well actually why are you doing it particularly when it comes to like art i find Hence me living, living, you know, talking to artists is because I'm always kind of curious, like, like, why do you do what you do? Because it's very easy just to do it because you've always done it or because it's, you know, routine, but it's like, but why? You know, but getting into that kind of questions, I guess, like, what is the biggest challenge of being an artist? I would say biggest challenge definitely would be self-discipline in terms of as much as you can get locked into making all of the art, you can go, you can think of that person who died and then has a closet full of art the world has never seen of like there's the discipline side of applying and putting things out there mm. there's the dis- the other side of like actually just making the work because you can i have friends who are some of the most talented people but aren't making the work because they're getting caught up with all the external thoughts that 
the work can't exist if you've never made it. That so that discipline side of things, and even just taking time to map out and think for yourself of what you're trying to choose and how to get there. Of like all a lot of the professional practice kind of conversations as well, of like how do you get yourself where you want to be. So how do you actually deal with the discipline in terms of like the balance between making work and kind of uh, putting the work out there? There, I go through episodes of a lot of procrastination and then periods where like, all right, I have to get things done. And mm -hmm. I'm a very much, once I start something, I just have to finish it all the way yeah. through and trying not to drag, drag myself along of putting things off for too long. But it, it goes back and forth of, I'm also gotten to the point of a closed mouth doesn't get fed of it's like anyone telling me no or stopping me from doing something, submitting to something, it doesn't change where I'm already at necessarily. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, if I got to put myself out there or do something that at least gives the option of going forward change because you can't really take it away from where I'm currently at. That's a, a good mindset to have, actually, because I think you're not then worried about like, oh, what's if I don't get in, or what if you know these people don't you know like my work, or it doesn't get like submitted to a gallery or a show or whatever. It's like, well, actually, I've got nothing to lose, and actually, if I submit it and it gets accepted, great. If it doesn't, that's also fine because you know, as you say, like you're in the same position either way. I think a lot more people should have that mindset of like, actually, why not try it? Because at the end of the day, you can only gain from it. I don't know. And that's a good message to have, personally. I quite like it. I, I'd also acknowledge, because it is disheartening, and I've had just when you don't get in and all of that, but yeah. it's kind of like, all right, how how do you, where can you push yourself, and what do you take from not getting in? Because then it's, I'm very self-aware and analyzing myself of like, all right, what's the reasoning behind if this doesn't happen. I said like, all right, can I get some more information? Like why, hmm. what, what was it that not sold? And I know everyone has personal tastes and opinions and like, how much does it, how much was it just, was it in front of the wrong person? Was it this, was it truly just like, all right, I could have put more time into this and just kind of being very self aware. So how do you choose, take when it comes to like um, online exhibitions or like submitting work for like, websites or magazines or just promotion um how do you choose i'm trying i try and look at a lot of things that are comparative that are within the realm of things i enjoy or slightly different or might be with just in the same realm as things that i'm doing that i'll kind of mm. try and pick and choose what i think will work and sometimes there's even just a wild card and also the network of peers that i have too or I'm constantly sending things to peers that I think might work for them in reverse mm -hmm. and that, that kind of chain of opportunities. Yeah, that's a chain of opportunities. I love that phrase. That's such an interesting phrase. Um, I love that phrase a lot, actually. So why is art important to you? That's a hard one. Honestly, it's like one of the, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. It's what makes me happy. One of the things that make me the most happy at the end of the day is, just, is de I feel like it's just kind of where I'm at now. It's developed into one of my loves that's hmm. just kind of, I can't necessarily put it into words or explain it. It's just, 
a happy place and makes me feel like I'm doing what I would need to be doing when I make things. Like okay. it's, I would describe it like even I describe a lot of making work as things and curiosities that as I'm doing it, I'm discovering why I'm doing it. That hmm. it's kind of like I don't even know why I started this, but I'll figure it out as it's going. Yeah. That's interesting actually. I just find it I find it really fascinating that people choose to become artists. And I I feel like I say this in every single conversation I have. But I find it really, really interesting because art is so it's so subjective and it's such a uncertain kind of career or uncertain, you know, even kind of hobby, but it's just so uncertain. The fact that like, you know, people may not be interested in your work, people may not see your work, people may not, you know, care for your work. Yet you as an artist, you still feel compelled to make this work, whether people engage with it or not. Like I can guarantee you that you'll most probably still make work if nobody saw it because it's it's personal. It's for yourself first and foremost. I definitely make work that it's for me to enjoy because it's things that in imagery that I'm necessarily going to get really like childlike wonder and get excited mm-hmm. about. Because like I'm making that just to get me excited. And then I have some peers that also are into the same thing. So if they get excited too, that's like, oh, that's even better. And if someone else likes it, that's wonderful, but I'm already just doing it to get me excited. It's like, oh, I enjoy looking at that. I want to explore that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's the best way to, for artists to be. I feel like when money and commerce comes into the situation, I think it changes a lot of things in terms of like the way in which you produce work and the way in which you create work and the way in which you talk about work and the way in which you kind of have to to lean into an audience and to kind of give people what they expect as opposed to like what you want to actually present. I think there's always a always a little shift in creativity when money is involved and I think it's mm-hmm. it's always interesting though because it can go either way but um, I always find it interesting that when artists such as yourself who like are really engaged with their work and they're, they're creating it because they enjoy it and they love it I think that's always the best route to take because at the end of the day like it means that whether your audience is in its millions or thousands or tens you're still gonna want to make work mm-hmm. you know and I have every respect for anybody who's like that because it's like making art any kind of art about what it is is quite hard. I think making anything creative is hard because you have to go through such a such an internal conversation with yourself to want to make something, to get to the process of even thinking about making something, let alone actually making something and having it in front of you. And then being like, <laughs> well, what do I have to do with this now? Now I've got it here. You know? I don't know. It's 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 a I don't know, it's just a strange, such a strange thing, I think, people being artists. I just it always baffles me, but in a positive way. Feeling it baffles me. It's like, why? Why did I put myself here? It's like exactly. I I don't know, but we're here and we're loving it. See, this is the thing though. Like the fact that you love it, that just shows us what you're meant to be doing. Because it's like it's not about you know the stress of having to chase a paycheck. It's like actually, I'm really enjoying myself, and you know, it's it's nice to meet people who do enjoy what they do. Because I think it can sometimes not be enjoyable because it's like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. But I think the fact that you enjoy it, that's great. That means that you're going to do a lot of great cool stuff because you want to do it, not because you have to do it. And I think that's going to give you a great career long term because you know what you want to do. And also your vision already is quite strong and you have a great grasp of what you're interested in. Because as you said earlier, like you've lived a little bit, so you kind of know what you're doing or have an aesthetic you're interested in or have an idea of what you want to do. So I think it's going to, your career, for, for me, your career is going to be interesting to watch, I think. Uh, I appreciate because it. Because it's going to be very interesting. Um, and we'll get to your work in a bit. I've got a few more questions to ask. Because um, there's a few things I want to ask. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. 
Um, so at what point did you feel comfortable giving yourself the title of an artist? I don't think I've ever quite given into myself. It's just kind of, I feel like it's just falling and falling into my lap upon a series of events of just, because even like going from like finishing school, because like, as I said, technically a degree in illustration, but never really felt that confident in myself as an illustrator and like having like from my, because my thesis show when I graduated was primarily paintings and then going forward, I've been showing and showing, showing a lot of work and doing things that it kind of was like, all right, a positive event, a positive event. I'm kind of like already in the realm with other people who I would say, yes, you're a hundred percent an artist. It's like, oh, I, I'm also with you. So I'm also in this category. Hmm. But do, you tell, do you say to people, oh, I'm an artist? I wrote, I'll, I might whisper it. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, upon always of my life, is I juggle a lot of hats. So it's like, oh, oh, I'll do this and this, but in this whisper, I'm also an artist. Okay, I say. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you shouldn't whisper it. You should be like, oh, this, I, I'm, you know, or you can be like, oh, I'm a painter, or like, I, I create imagery or whatever. There's a way you can say it around it if you don't want to use quick classes. But I think. I feel like I don't, oh, I don't necessarily whisper it, being completely honest, but it's kind of like, internally i'm whispering it but i'll say it like yeah i'm an artist i paint and do this but internally i was like why'd you ask me this because now I, is this going to be the song and dance conversation mm. about what you do oh really and as you can experience with people just like the different reactions to be hear someone hearing you're an artist so it's like that inner monologue is this going to be one of those song and dances where i wish i didn't say this at all or is this one of those ones where someone's actually going to be excited and we're going to have a good conversation? See, I think personally, maybe just in my opinion, I feel like both of those conversations are also very helpful though, because I feel like either way you're educating people on what it means to be an artist and also kind of like what you do. Because if somebody who doesn't really care for art asks you what you do and you say, I'm an artist, and they're like, oh, they kind of scoff at it. You can educate them as to like, oh, actually, but this is what I do and this is what it entails. It's a whole business, you know? Whereas in like somebody who's enthusiastic, obviously that's great because, you know, who doesn't want to talk about art? But it's kind of like, it gives you a, an option or at least a, a moment to be able to kind of just talk about what you do. Because at the end of the day, if we don't have more people, more artists who are, you know, talking about art and being artists, how are people ever going to learn to appreciate the value that artists have? This, this is true. I don't know. I'm a huge advocate for like the creative sector needs more uh, exposure and more education in terms of like we need to give people more education on you know being an artist is a business it's no different from them being like a plumber or being a doctor like yes the right. end results are different in terms of like the labor but the practicalities of running a business is no different you know if you were self-employed as a plumber you'd be doing the same taxes as if you are as an artist you know it makes no difference you know you'll still be doing the same things it's just the output is different but you know i think being an artist just because an artist just an artist isn't outrightly outright changing lives. It's not outright, you know, kind of fixing people's problems or health or or pipes or whatever. It's it is actually happening the world at large in a different way. It's just we don't notice it every day to day. So I don't know. I feel like there needs to be more conversation between artists who actually practice versus just the general public who might not understand or care for art. Because actually it's useful, just not in ways they necessarily see. 
Yeah, that is because it made me even think about just like there's definitely like even my family a per- different in perception of how they look at art in the world, <laughs> and even just what it is to be an artist, and because that's something like prior to me is not anywhere relevant in my family or anything to see mm-hmm. that side of the world and a, seeing that over years their change in perception and excitement for certain things yeah absolutely because i think the things that like artists aren't just people who just you know do nothing for the entire week other than, other than to paint on a sunday you know that's not what being an artist is you know in this modern day and age as i said like being an artist is a business it's the same as being any other self-employed anything and it's like I don't know, I feel there needs to be more of a conversation around just kind of what it means to be an artist and also like the many hats you wear as an artist. And actually, talking about that, that being that being a good segue, what kind of hats do you wear being an artist? Like how many of the skills do you need to know? What are the kind of elements do you have to kind of be good at to become a good artist? So I would say the skills you would need is a curatorial skills, just even within yourself of like mm-hmm. what you're doing marketing business kind of in terms of like how do you promote yourself where are you putting yourself even the spaces you're putting yourself in of just how because there is a wrong fit and a right fit for everyone in terms of where you should be at i would say simple one that's always ignored even in school is money and finances as you have to be on top of that especially when it comes to taxes and selling and even just Conversations for how much you're selling work for. Because I know some people who are right out of school are charging too much for it and they haven't done anything yeah. yet. And some people were charging too little. And yeah. like, even myself of like, what are my price, what are prices? And like, feeling like, is this too much? Is this right? And those kind of conversations. Was it other skills you need? Also, just self-help skills and health skills to just taking care of yourself and like what, because being ours, you're alone a lot and being with mm-hmm. yourself and mental health. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of questioning and what. Are, so, like, how healthy are you in your space? Yeah, I actually, I think that's something that we don't actually talk about at all, at all often enough. Actually, in terms of like, especially being alone as an artist and being kind of isolated in your studio and um or in the space you're which you're creating and just kind of being like you know like you need to have people to go to to talk to about your work which is about life or just about you know getting second opinions about what you're doing because it's like you're with your work constantly and to you it's the most amazing thing most brilliant thing ever but to the next person here they could be like that is terrible like that sign is not right or like you know those bricks don't look right you know whereas for you they look perfect yeah even with that you can get like locked in with looking at the same things and it's like it can all blur and get confusing like something like why i say the pandemic was beneficial is also besides myself my partner and our roommate at the time like that was all who was seeing the work in person and that conversation is like instagram and social media versus seeing stuff in person mm. and so the difference in viewing things and looking and actually having feedback of like all right, I've existed with these for 12 months and like no one's really gotten to see these or experience. So I really don't know how it's appearing elsewhere because you can get tunnel vision into looking at things. Absolutely. And is that a question for now? No, I'll say the question for later because I feel like if we do this, we'll open a can of worms and it's not the right time. But we're going to hold on to that thought. The idea of like viewing things and like offline, online, because I feel like 
there's a huge difference between the two. But yeah, I'll add that. I'm sure there's a question down there, down there somewhere, there are some notes later. So are you a full-time artist currently? Not currently. Working, working towards it. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I'm about to say I can imagine, I can imagine within the next five years easily, probably the next three years, I can imagine you being a full-time artist quite easily. Uh, just by the amount of work you've done already so far and also just like you're already exhibiting like all you really need is the right kind of promotion and the right kind of marketing and the right kind of client like collector base like every artist i guess the right kind of collector base and i I don't see why it would be an issue personally um because i feel like your work is i really like your work your work is very cool your work is very interesting but it also aligns a lot with work that i can imagine being collectible to certain people it's just Mm -hmm. about finding as like with every artist to find the right collector or the right buyer um, but I think that's cool. But like, why do you want to be a full-time artist? I, I feel it's a combination of, because I've worked many different hats and done many different things. As I do, I get burnt out on other jobs. And I find like, mm. one of those things, like, it's the only thing that doesn't burn me out of wanting to do it, every, like continue doing it, that I can do and enjoy a lot of other jobs. But after doing it so much, it's like, all right, I'm over this. I'm ready. But that's the one thing is like, no, it, it's never coming. That w- feeling of wanting to be over this just has not come. So I feel like that's a, that's a section of it. And just being able to do that and enjoy and also just a level of like even bringing illustration back into it's like the level of self of doing what I want and not having other voices necessarily driving the ship of what i'm doing for myself yeah so i think that's a level of also just i guess i need self-employment yeah in my life yeah because only so so much of the outside voices just kind of like all right i'm over it it's about i guess in a way it's about control it's about being able to be like well actually this when i wake up in the day like i can make a plan of what i'm going to do and that's what i'm going to do and i don't have to answer to anybody i don't have to you know check with anybody else i can just kind of create my own plan my own schedule and do it and then you know, you're kind of, you only answer to yourself. And if nothing gets done, it's because you didn't do anything, not because other people didn't do anything, yeah, which I respect. I think actually. that's something I struggle with in non-art-related jobs too, of like, all right, am I being held back because someone else's actions? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Particularly if, it, particularly if it's like a retail job, especially. Like, it's always somebody else's fault, but somehow they never take the blame. It's always down to somebody else to have to sort it out. So that's somebody else's mess. Um, something that I've definitely learned. Um, because I'm always interested in people wanting to be full-time artists because I always feel like being a full-time artist is not just, oh, I'm going to paint more. It's like a life, it's a lifestyle. You're going to end up adopting a whole different way of living, really, because it's like you're not going to do any more art than you normally do now. All of your time is going to be filled up doing all the extra things like packing, shipping, you know, taxes, marketing. You know, you're going to have to do more of everything. So I'm always like, Huge commitment to anybody who wants to be a full-time artist, but making that leap is always really, really challenging and uh, it won't be easy. But I think you should totally do it. If you feel like the moment's right, you definitely should do it. I would never say something you shouldn't, but I just feel like make sure you're prepared for that because, yes. you know, it will be a, a change. A positive <laughs> change, but a change. And also, if you can, make sure you have you have a network of people who are already full-time artists or people you can ask for advice because you're going to need it. And it just in case and if you don't i can always suggest some really cool people i know that are really awesome artists i do have a solid network right now that i do rely on is it but perfect also, always expanding is also perfect 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 just because 
yeah, it's something I love. I have a lot of conversations with a lot of part-time artists about being full-time artists. And I'm just like, it's a great idea, but just it entails so much more work than you probably realize. But if you already have people who are doing it and you know that they're doing it, then you probably are a lot more aware of the ins and outs. So you're not going to just stumble blindly into it and be like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't need my job. I can quit my job for a year. It's fine. <laughs> and I realize you can't. <laughs> the, the, temp- the tempting thoughts say I can, but I know they're not right. I think it really depends. I think it just, as I said earlier, it's all about timing. It's all about, because because I know a lot of artists or a lot of people in general who like, maybe they got laid off. And because they got laid off, that gave them the space to become a full-time artist. Had they not been laid off, they probably still would be working like a retail job or a part-time job. Sometimes you need something to happen in your life where you haven't got that safety net for you to push forward to do that thing you really want to do. Because at the end of the day, like, let's say you decided to be like, okay, let me quit my job for like six months and see what happens. It's like, we can always get another job, which I know isn't easier said than done, but you can always get another job. You know, you can always go back. There's no shame in going back to something, you know? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is it, I think it's much more sad to not have taken that leap than to have to go back to doing something that you used to do, you know? And besides, I think there's no shame in being part-time artist and working part-time and and creating art. I think there's nothing wrong with that either, you know, personally, but that's just me. Yeah. No, there definitely isn't. Because it's also everyone's point of what everyone doesn't necessarily want to be a full time artist because mm. it also brings a level of turning it into a job almost. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't which isn't for everyone because mm. that can take the joy out of it too. So that awareness of what you want from it. It's about finding the right balance for you as a person and knowing what you're what you're happy with and you're content with and what your limits are. Because you know. Maybe you just don't want the hassle of having to to shit work to people or having to do your taxes or, you know, maybe you just don't want that, you know, mm-hmm. and having a regular paycheck that comes in every month with a certain amount is, is you know, comfortable at the end of the day. Yeah. But then again, other people thrive off the fact that that is not comfortable. It just depends on who you are. Yeah. Let's get into your work. So can you describe your work for those who may not have seen it? Oh, I would describe my work as very rich in imagery of urban cityscapes primarily it's been through the reference point of philadelphia but it goes through your everyday life and imagery of locations places creeping shadows narrative stories unfolding without figures mostly but occasionally with figures this of the cityscape and landscape in general i would say it often investigates a lot of just life from that i've grown up and experienced and just the environment corner stores litter on the ground just regular regular life happenstance moments so are there any particular like themes or questions or like topics that you're looking to explore it varies a thing as things catch my interest in particular like right now i'm actually finishing up for a show based around corner stores and talking about food insecurity with just in the city of just corner stores is a staple of like food reliance in terms of how to get cheap, reliable food. Hmm. And even just the imagery of corner stores and like very light circus, like glow that you think of a corner store just lighting up the sidewalk and how staple of a community that that's one such topic. And sometimes it's even just glow and composition and things that I've experienced and walked past a million times. And I know other people have walked past a million times. 
See, I think it's really interesting because your work is obviously, but it's very American. And it's just for me because obviously I've never been to America. But to me, I look at that and I'm like, it's interesting how it can be very similar to just the idea of the cityscape and urban environments and the landscape and, and kind of just like the everyday in which we disregard and walk past. But yeah, actually is a part of the community around us. Um, so I think it's really interesting. And, and actually, wait, I have it here, but it's way down the list, but I'm going to ask you now because it makes sense. So you were awarded a scholarship to London. Mm-hmm. So how was like how did that come about? And also like how did you come over to London eventually? So yes. So yeah, I wanted to ask you about it as well, like how that kind of and also I guess like how that differs, like in terms of like your output here or outlook here differs back home. So that actually goes back to so that was from when I was still in school technically. Because I technically won that in 2020 as the pandemic yeah. and lockdown started. Yeah. And part of that journey into painting, as I was saying, actually, is part of what actually one of the works that helped me get that award was that one of the, those first paintings that I really did at the start of lockdown, that that award is something that the Academy does basically for, I was supposed to have used it that summer, but we were in lockdown. Of course. So I eventually made it to London this past March. Oh, wow. That the scholarship was originally supposed to work that I would have over that summer of 2020, I would have gone to London, stayed for a month, and then I won an extra year of school for free. So I would have came back to school influenced by oh, wherever I got to travel. But it kind of got pushed back and pushed yeah, back. Course, yeah, pushed absolutely. Back. That it kind of became whenever I was comfortable with traveling. And I'd already been graduated by this point now. Yeah. That, that opportunity, I still went and I kind of used it as we were talking, you had mentioned how you can see the urban environment, even though you've never been. Yeah, the similarities that that was kind of the point of why because I could have chose anywhere in Europe to go with that scholarship, oh, wow. but I chose London specifically. Uh, also, being my first time abroad as another English speaking country, yeah, but also it's structured very similar into Philly and how you get around in environments and shops. That I wonder, I've been thinking a lot about conversations of like, as I like, I feel like I'm still in the intro of my career, what I'm yeah. doing, but. As I expand, how do I, how is it relatable to elsewhere in conversations of looking at the urban environment versus like New York isn't far that it can compare, but now you take it ab- abroad, how, what similarities and conversations are also being had in the landscape there. And eventually, like I haven't been to LA, but what conversations comparable in other places that how all of those are in conversation with each other and can compare. And even while I was over there, I did a series of little paintings of storefronts that there's little nuances, whether it might be like the royal laundry that you might get just based on a name might connect you as a weight. That's actually in London that, but if you take out text names and little iconography, you would never, you would think, oh, that must be in Philly with all of the other imagery. Yeah, because I was really intrigued by like, like I said, first, I think London, that was actually a really good shout because obviously London, capital of England, it is very urban and it's always changing. But the, the the nice and the good and bad thing about London is that it's always changing. Like there's a, there's a huge beauty in a city that's being constantly renovated. There's also a, a sadness in the idea of like things being lost. But I think London was actually a very good choice because I guess it is quite comparable if you think about it in terms of like the visual. 
because you know had you gone to say like spain or something where it's like aesthetically very different it might have had the same kind of um impact on you and your thoughts and your the conversations you want to have because clearly you've thought about what you want to talk about and you've thought about the idea of you know even just like visual identity within different countries or within the urban environment or just the landscape in general um so i think yeah i think Linton. yeah but even in even take out the visuals even think about how you how transport is like the transportation system of like i got to know that london only is is their only real urban transportation system hub the way Hmm. in all of the uk is the only one that really has it but even that specifically of like how for philadelphia you have septa which gets around the bottom corner of pennsylvania but even transportation of getting around of those comparisons of looking at how you look and move around on trans- public transportation versus driving, even walkability and subway of like those things of like, how, how do they compare? How do you look at things and what's relatable in those spaces? Yeah, that's interesting. Would you ever come back over? Oh, I would love to. That's cool. Awesome. I, was, I was ready to go by the end, but I was, cause it, it was a, <laughs> my first time abroad and being a full month away yeah that's a lot to be fair i think that's that's it's kind of brave in a way because it's like it's such a long time and it's such a different place although it is comparably similar but it's also very different but also it's good because it's you know under the english-speaking country you said it's it's relatively i was gonna say safe i don't know if safe is the right word but it's relatively you can acclimatize to london quite easily it's not like a very alien particularly for somebody from like a more urban place or particularly for somewhere like America where it's it's just it probably just seems a lot smaller to you and easier to walk around because America's a big place. I would say not necessarily smaller because even that I haven't traveled a lot of America, but comparative to Philly specifically, moving around, like just saying a city to city scale of like Philly functions mostly is north to south. Yeah, but you could west to east to west. You could walk. You could necessarily walk from east to west. So it's not as long across. Mm. So I getting see. around, I felt like it was larger in some ways, but just as easy to get around. Yeah, that's really interesting. The idea of like topography and the way in which you know one moves around a place, not just within the place itself. That's actually really interesting. I'm going to think about that actually. That's really interesting. That, that's something I think about too is a lot of reference points of what I'm looking at imagery wise is also whether images I might be catching if I'm on transport if I'm on public transportation or if I'm driving my car or if I'm riding a bike and the difference of like the ways you go the images you see because mm. you're going to take slightly different paths and come across different imagery and then the other people that commute those ways and see such things in that day-to-day journey did you drive around London? I did not drive, unfortunately. Was, no, there's probably a good thing to be fair. I would hate to drive around London. It's just, it's so busy. Just so busy. I, it's I just... Like, if I was, I was like, I can't, I can't do that on the, on the first journey, first journey abroad. I could, it's like, that <laughs> no. might be a little overwhelming and over the top. No, I, I think it's probably the best thing that you didn't, because that, that would just be, yeah. Like, it would probably be really cool as an experience, but it's also like, yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not, I wouldn't advise it. Um, also, just getting used to driving on the other side of the road, it might have been a little Oh, yeah, bit of course. Yeah, of course. I always forget, like, see, because I obviously have always lived in England. Um, I don't live in London, but I live in England. And I forget that places, other places driving the opposite side of the road. That makes no sense. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> it, it, 
I tried to make logical sense of it just without looking anything up. It's like I don't understand. But as long as you cross the road safely, that's fine. You know, as yeah, long as you like that's that's fine. You don't you forget fine. the cars I, are actually I, coming I, towards you, not going past. Yes. Red and green. We understand. Yes. True. At least that's universal, I guess. Mostly. Um Probably. so so how has your upbringing or life experiences played a part in the work that you create? I would say a huge thing, one of the largest factors I would say is as in the beginning, I joked that my best friend has given me all of my favorite things and quit them to only mm. return later. Is another thing he gave me was I have been skateboarding for probably about oh, wow. 16 years now. And that in a sense have shaped a lot of like my observation skills because skateboarding typically skateboarders are looking at your your handrail or your stair set or a bench in a different way of like how something is yeah. used different from its intended purpose and visual landscape of constantly observing and looking for something out of the ordinary that can be shifted and manipulated into something else that I feel like that sticking with me for all those influential years of like becoming a teenager going up my early 20s of all that is kind of influenced a lot of how I looked at the landscape necessarily that I, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I would necessarily be looking at the landscape the way I do with making art because I feel like that already influenced my natural instinct to constantly be looking at buildings, environments, and things. Yeah. So that's interesting, actually, how doing something different from like art or painting has given you a perspective that informs your painting because you're right like not everybody goes through life looking at like handrails and benches as like a tool or something other than to hold on to or to sit down you know that's actually really interesting that's a great way of looking at it in terms of like the way like and this is what i'm always interested in having these conversations that your perspective of the environment around you is so different to everybody else because of the way you've lived your life or, or the things that you you know think about or or kind of consider and I don't know, there's something really interesting in the fact that something like skateboarding, which, you know, something that millions of people do, that inspires you and your art because, you know, there are skateboarders out there who will never look at a handrail, I think, you know, in any other way. So it's kind of interesting that there's a sensibility that you picked up on to create, to, to use create to create art. It's really fascinating to me. That's really fascinating. And the idea also just like looking at your environment and turning it into something else. And particularly like when it comes to like play and the idea of like, the environment becomes your playground. Like, I think that's really interesting, particularly when interpreted through art, because it's like, you know, you're almost reimagining the world through your work. And actually, that's a question I will actually have for you, which is probably not in this order. Oh, these never go in the order that I wrote them in. Um, but I was going to ask you about like the reality in your work, because your work isn't realistic, but it's also not abstract. It kind of sits really nicely in between. And I'm kind of really curious, like, how do you approach artistic reality in your work? And like, do you want you like do you aim for your work to be lifelike? Recognizable, I would say, but then I've found myself more and more playing with abstracted moments and what information I can abstain from using and when information is pertinent to the conversation. And even things like one of the notes you said was why not photography compared yes. to why painting? And I feel like even linking that into it a sense of leaving what information I'm putting in and leaving out that even as sometimes as closer to complete reference as some of them can be, 
there's still information I'm choosing not to put in. And it's that graphs of back and forth of like picking, selecting information, what am I using and what's relevant to what it is. And also there's a level of textures and like craft of like, I'll paint, I paint a lot of bricks and I think Hmm. it's soothing to me of like that level of like construction and how things are put together. Like a show I watched a lot in childhood was like how it's made. So like even structures and things and like how things are put together really excite me and just dynamics and blueprints of an item or whatever is there. It's just an interesting parallel to like construction and the idea, as you said, like, you know, you're constructing a painting. You're not just painting something. It's it's a process from start to finish and you end up with something. Um, that's a really interesting parallel just to kind of the idea of the literal construction of cities and how like you start off with something and you end up with something. Mm-hmm. And they're both physical, they're both there. They're both for people to to consider. Yeah, there's nothing nice about that. There's something kind of almost self self-referential in your work to that. I think or to any art that kind of uh depicts cities or landscapes or places. Because I don't know, it's just they exist within a space that they don't actually exist in, but they're of a place that doesn't really exist but also exists. Mm. If, if that makes any sense it's kind of really interesting to me um, because a painting isn't a real place but the place depicted could be a real place if that makes sense yes that does just about makes sense in my mind that makes sense so i'm like that makes sense <laughs> I'm putting the last um, pieces together but i'm getting it. it it's just because i'm always interested in the idea of artistic reality it's something i've always been interested in and the idea of like if somebody paints a photorealistic image is that image a real place because it's photo realistic but it's kind of not because a photograph isn't really real a photograph is just a duplicate of a place so therefore a painting is just a duplicate of a place but it's also its own place that probably sounds very very complicated and kind of unnecessary no, but... with it because you can delve into and in creating and shaping in the space and even like yeah. my works i'm all, i'll often make up or add things as needed so yeah. that so now that's manipulated that it didn't exactly yeah. exist exactly how that is yeah and how do you make this a photo and then you kind of have to also shape it to work for the composition. So yeah. how far, what is the manipulation there? And also a painting, painting is a physical object. You know, once you bring that into a space itself, that also becomes part of the space. It's kind of within the space, but also outside of the space at the same time. That probably mm-hmm. sounds very weird and unnecessary, but it's just like, it's something I think about all the time. Cause I feel like painting especially is an object. It's not just a flat image on a screen it's an object you have it physically in front of you it has mm-hmm. its own life but it's like you know like how does that change or alter the space in which it's presented because it also becomes part of the space in which it's presented you know the the pre- presentation of the work is just as important as the work itself so if you were to hang up let's just say you painted a, a painting of a corner shop and then you hung up that painting in the corner shop window like that would be just strange but like would that add to the corner shop or would that take away the corner shop or like how would that change the reading of the landscape you know Mm. although i think it would be really cool for you to have a gallery show in an empty shop or something like that would be really cool like that'd be really cool like how can you so i think the benefit of your work is because you're working about the environment there are so many places within the environment you could show your work that would really add to the emphasis of your work itself so like an abandoned shop imagine having a gallery show of your shop fronts in an abandoned shop like that would be an environment an experience like i think you're in a looking position where you can create an experience out of your work not just an image so i think maybe think about that maybe think about like okay so where do you want your work to be seen 
not just how do you want your work to be seen you mm-hmm. know because against a white wall on a computer screen is cool but within the environment it's depicting itself could be could open up a whole different kind of dialogue or set of questions that you haven't even probably thought about you know like, you're giving me ideas that i i have a show coming in august and that's something we're playing with cool. and that's like it's like because it is around corner stores specifically it was myself and two of my peers that also graduated from the academy but that's something we're playing with even just like with the text on the wall like how to make it like an awning yeah. for a corner store yeah and one of my peers just sent me a photo of like chain link fence that he had, like he found on the sidewalk some months ago and it's like Remember, I had this. I think we can use this for something. That'd be so cool. Yeah, it's yeah like because how to, yeah, just how to play and change the environment alongside yeah. the thing. Because I think one thing that I would love to see, and it's something that I've discussed here and there, but I would love to see galleries. And I know it's you know it's expensive. It's it's not necessarily viable. It's like financial, like financially. But I would love to see gallery shows becoming more experiences. You know, you go into a room and it's not just images on a wall. It's like part of the imagery depicted in the art should be like visible within the space you know like how can we create art as an experience not just as a, a viewing because it's like if you were to walk into say like let's just say you walked into a room that had a graffiti artist had graffitied all four of the walls and you had your paintings hanging in front of them like that would be cool because that'd be very different it'll be like a collaboration of sorts mm-hmm. or just like how can you i don't know how can we create art as an experience not just as a viewing as i said putting more thought into the space it shows alongside it as well mm. just like i've said to people in the past who create like images of people swimming it's like we'll have have the the pictures in a white in a, a white room but then have like a really shallow pool so people have to walk the water to look at your images you know it becomes part of the experience oh, yeah. of the actual work itself it's not just you're looking at images of people swimming you literally have to walk the water to get to these images you know something like that like make it kind of like like how can we hold the, the the viewer's attention more than just like this is a nice image because there are millions of nice images in the world but there's not millions of great experiences in the world i think maybe we should be thinking about art more as experiment as like a experiential rather than just viewable i don't know that's just my opinion i would love yeah. to have like a i would love to have like a space which you can do that where you can have like visual kinetic gallery shows that'd be so interesting but it'd also be very expensive so I can see why it's not viable necessarily. But I liked that at the I liked that at the same time because that's something that would stick with me. Like I wouldn't mm. forget that show ever after an experience like that. It's like it's almost like it's quite a, an odd comparison, but it's like runway shows. It's like you we remember the runway shows that were always really kind of avant garde and interesting and interactive. Like I don't know if you're interested in fashion at any point or just happen to know anything about fashion, but like some of Alexander McQueen's runway shows, for instance, have always been um a huge remembrance for people because of just like the bizarre antics that happened or like maybe there was you know there was this one where they had obviously this large lady covered in moths and it, it opened up and moths went everywhere it was just it's like it's about visual it's like people love spectacles mm-hmm. um how can you make your work a spectacle like i guess i think with somebody like yourself because you're working about the environment i think it's it's probably easier to play into it because it's like you could have your work like imagine if you had which would be perfect like a abandoned subway cart and you literally had your work in it you had your exhibition in a subway cart like and people just walk obviously one end to the other like entrance exit they just walk through the subway cart and just see your work like something like that would be really cool you know i don't know there's just so much because your work is about the environment especially there's so much you can do with it like it's so interesting there's just so many cool little small nuances you can kind of pull out of the work itself Mm -hmm. like even if you had your work printed onto bricks and then you had a stack of bricks 
you know, just something like that, you know, there's so many things you could do. I should just be some kind of ideas guy. That's what I should be. But like something like that would be cool. You know, I support all of these ideas. So that's, a... I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to start rambling about ideas that no one's ever <laughs> going to be able to do. But I don't know. Just something interesting about like, let's reframe how we display work, not just create it. Because I think realistically nowadays, I feel like you have to kind of create a spectacle or be visually interesting to catch people's attentions because everybody's looking elsewhere all the time you know um, mm-hmm. i don't know anyways that's a, a random ramble about what i think you should do with the whack not that you need to pay any attention to, to this random english guy but you know just say <laughs> um <laughs> just say so what can we learn about the human condition by looking at images of the landscape i think oh you can learn a lot about lived experience in places and just like the people who are there because even though the landscapes where I exclude figures, there's always traces of hmm. human interaction and environment and little places. There's like humans are present even in these empty spaces. So I feel like it brings that in a level of, I also think a lot about shared memories of places. Cause a lot of these are, especially when they're like an p- image from Philly shown in Philly that hmm. you most likely have, come across this place even in passing and there's connections and stories that aren't mine that can be had because you, you know you look at everyone has their own experience when they look at art so yeah. it feels a lot with locations and such there's conversations that i will never be a part of that someone has when they view some of these things yeah absolutely i think particularly if you show work painted from the place based in the place like in philly based in Philly, but if you painted Philly and then based the work, showed the work in Philly, I think it, it gives people from that area a very different opinion of the environment because it makes them stop and relook at it from a different perspective, from your perspective, which is interesting because it might just be stuff they walk past every day, you know, particularly stuff like stores and particularly if they're not, whereas like somebody like myself, because it's very alien to me in terms of like, I don't know the nuances of the city or the place. It also is still, as I said earlier, still quite familiar because you can, reference it to like other things that you know and i think yeah. that's also really interesting as well in fact i think that's really interesting actually and actually is there any particular place that you would like to create work based on is there anywhere in the world you'd love to travel and be like oh actually i want to create a series of work based here i'm sure there's so many places because it'd honestly be anywhere i would want to go just it would just na- i feel like it would just naturally happen but something would naturally just catch me nowhere specific that i yeah. have in mind right now fair enough but I just think- also touching on what we were just talking about too, of like even taking some of the context of like, even if it's not in, in Philadelphia, some of the relatable things of like, is this imagery relatable to something you might have seen that you can question mm-hmm. what, like, have you passed this before? And it could be in a different part of the world, but it's like, now you're starting to question like, have I passed this? Do I know where this is at? And you really don't, but it's like, it's now it's starting to question and make you think about it's like running the running the algorithms like wait do i know this yeah it's like familiarity isn't it it's like trying to find somewhere that's kind of universal universally familiar to people um almost like i guess i guess almost like liminal spaces and the idea of like places that people feel like they've been to but they have actually probably never been to it's like that mm-hmm. kind of idea of like yeah, like liminal spaces, I guess. I don't know if liminal yeah. space is the right way to put it, but yeah, like kind of this liminal space where people have a people are like drawn to, but then they might never have been there. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I feel like I've definitely been in some places. It's like it's definitely my first time there, but it's like, why does this feel so familiar to mm. something else? And like that feeling right there. Ah, but I've got a question about number spaces in a bit. I've just remembered it's just a um so why what so why is it about the city specifically that interests you? Uh, why not say like fields or forests or you know, kind of like industrial sites, for instance? Like why the city? Oh. All of it, all of it interests me. Is now that comes down to having too many things that excites me and picking what's exciting me the most, honestly. But then there's a level of also lived experience of like both my parents are both from Philly. A lot of my family is from Philly, so it was also lived and experienced throughout childhood of like a lot of imagery that I am used to, grew up around, is sentimental and have countless memories and just moments that it's like i'm painting what you know i feel like at a level and like looking for what you know elsewhere when you travel elsewhere okay and the idea of like imagery without figures like when, when do you decide to add figures into your work i feel like the choice of figures comes in more of what i if, what, if i want to add something to the moment or add or comes in over it just changes the general emotion of fine, of putting a figure into the space that some a lot of the work I'm also as I'm going figuring out what I want from it so it's kind of is a conversation with the piece too at times and just seeing what it really what it needs and what it doesn't and then I I work a lot in sketchbooks too so I'm constantly playing and a lot of it is I'm so I'll work from life and I'll also work from, a, I take a, a lot of photo reference that I'll sit on for long periods of time and take multiple photos, go back and take more or go back physically to the location that I feel like I'm also sitting on so much reference imagery drawings that I might, there's work I'm doing now for the show that the original sketch drawing might be three years old, two years old, yeah. or a couple weeks old that coming from different points of like when I'm necessarily in that conversation with that area of thing that it caught me for, for whatever reason then. And now I'm back to investigating and looking. See, I think that's really fascinating. Actually, That's a really, really good way to work because it's like, you're not forcing yourself to go and create new work and be like, Oh, I need to, I need, you know, uh, a conversation. I need to go and create something. It's like, you create you've 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 walked you wandered around seeing things that interest you and you're like this means something to me but now may not be the time i'm going to store it away and at some point in the future i will look back on it and i will know its purpose and i think that's actually something that a lot of artists don't actually do is like realized just because i've got imagery from like two three four five six years ago that's irrelevant you know i feel like everything that you see everything that you consume everything that you keep hold of and take particularly when you take pictures it stays with you and it might just not be the right time for you to approach that conversation. Well, I think that's really interesting. The fact that looking at your work, we would never know if the original image was taken three years ago because of what's been created now. And I, I like, there's something about that I personally really like because it's just like the timing has to be right for you to be able to understand and process it and share it. I like that. And that's really, really interesting, actually. Yeah. And even like the show I'm working on now, one of the images I'm finally working with, I passed by the location kind of like I passed by it two days ago, I think. And the awning on the building is completely different and there's new mm -hmm. signage outside. But now it's that choice of like updating, keeping and 
history checks of things of where it's from. And there's a, a level with it. Actually, one of my professors who actually has been referenced on the podcast earlier in the year, Maria Teicher, mm-hmm. she was a big part of even just teaching, thinking, keeping a catalog of things that you how you never run out of inspiration. Like even if it does, even taking sections from images, it doesn't have to be a full scene. It could be a single object or lighting from an image of just having that back catalog of events and things to pull from that I don't feel like I'll ever run out of imagery as as long as I'm constantly adding things. And there are always plenty of things that will never be touched. Yeah. But it's all there. But when you need it, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's that's really important though, actually, because it's just like, as you said, you never want to run out of ideas. And as an artist, you won't. But you will definitely come, you know, you definitely have like dry spells where you may not, you may not be feeling it, or you may just be like uncertain of what you want to say. But I think if you have like an archive of imagery, you could do so much with that. You know, you can decide to collage stuff, or you can decide to, you know, retransform stuff, or you know, I, there's just so much you can do with having an archive. I think ar- ar- having an archive of any kind of imagery is super important for artists, or just or anybody creative in general. I think you give yourself options. That's the thing. And also, I think the more, just because I do photography, like the more images I take, the more I realize what I'm interested in. And I feel like that's the same way. Like you realize the patterns in your in your observation and you're like, oh, actually this reflection in the window, they interest me. Or, or for my, like in my sense, like if there's a window that's got a building reflected in it, like that's absolutely not what I want to take a picture of because it's interesting. You know, you, you kind of start to see patterns in your own observations and what intrigues you. And you kind of really realize how you actually viewing the world by actually taking a lot of images or constantly, you know, recording what you're taking. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's I've definitely that, that also pairs off. I also work on a lot of things at once that might also be sitting for years mm. or months that I'll bounce back into and such like the body of work I'm doing now, more than half of it was already started or even some of it might've been very close to finishing and just not touched for a year to go back wow. and finishing. They even because I start and work on so many things, it also gives me a, vi- a wide spectrum of seeing even what I'm being interested in or what got me to even start it as things and as other things go and seeing certain things continue to sit. And sometimes I'll even take a painting and fully restart it at a different scale oh, wow. of something that's like it might have been sitting long. And it's like, I'm going to do this at a different scale now and do it in this and seeing if it finishes or I might start it again. That's really cool, actually. And actually, it kind of makes me think about, which is which is kind of cool, is that the idea of like, if you had a picture, picture, I had a painting that you, you know, maybe weren't feeling as much anymore, and you painted over the top of it, then you didn't fully cover it, and you had like different parts showing through, and the mm. idea of like dualities and like temporality of time and stuff, because one thing I want to ask you, actually, one of the kind of motifs, I guess, in your work, for me, when I was looking through it, is like the idea of graffiti, and uh, like, obviously, shot fronts, and kind of like, I wanted to ask you, is your work, or like, do you consider your work to be like a record of the way that cities are temporary and they're always changing? I would say that there's a definitely a level of that in there of just, just constantly paying attention to the landscape and enjoying and even like something like during my time in London and seeing a lot of the historical buildings that have been repurposed or might be a mall mm-hmm. or certain and seeing the comparisons of like, yeah, there's not as many historical buildings here and things and you think yeah. older structures and gorgeous built and there's even this like, the wave of gentrification and buildings and like there's the 
the tin can houses of like the shipping crate houses and things of like that trend, which I'm not a fan of, hmm. but like seeing the difference of like areas becoming and changing and some of the old brick and mortar historical houses and how those all look, how the difference of how it kind of kept over time. So that's yeah, actually that's interesting. The idea of like, as you said, like the repurposing of old buildings, especially like particularly when you go into like this really beautiful old building and it's like a bank or it's a McDonald's and you're a bit like that makes no sense considering the fact that it, from the outside it's like 13th century and inside it's like 2023. Like what's going on? That makes no sense. But that's also a nice beauty in that of like that kind of bizarreness of like we've come to this point where particularly commercialism is is kind of gained up. As commercialism has also taken over the space in which we occupy, not just you know, like the online world or whatever. Like that's also interesting. I think that's an interesting conversation. I should have a look into it actually. Now I'm thinking about it. There's something interesting because like here in the UK, we don't have malls in the way America do. Mm. I don't know if you, I'm assuming you kind of re- you realized when you came over, like we have like shopping yeah. centers, but they're not the same thing. I always look at like more American malls and be like, they look amazing. But to you, they'll probably be boring. Uh, but like, I'm just like, they look, they probably seem really amazing to me. Um, <laughs> and I find it really funny because it's just like, I've never been to America, but I would love to go at some point. It's just expensive. To get there and to be there but it's just like if i ever came to america i'd have so many images i'll be taking so many images it would be insane um but it's also interesting it's so different but it's also so similar like i love that so i want to ask so as i said earlier like graffiti is kind of to me like a motif in your work i think growing up as a part part of that urban environment of kind of you think of taking control of spaces and things that like are technically not allowed and like who controls and owns the space and who governs who gets to be with it so like a lot of those conversations attracted me and then also just seeing that graffiti can be it can be ugly it can be gorgeous and i'm seeing it and i've also gotten to meet a lot of people who are in the world of graffiti and knowing some of them so some of the tags i've included in things are also people i've met and also doing things so that's cool some of those conversations include of course i've thrown some of those in paintings that weren't necessarily there of just yeah. to add to the space See, that's interesting so i love the fact that you add different elements here and there as well so they're not it's not just like a replication of life it's also like it's a, a creation you know it's like it's a considered creation of a certain space or a certain place like and i think there's something interesting about the idea of like as an artist as kind of like might be a bit kind of cliche to say but artist is kind of like a god or a creator of a world like, I think that's really interesting because obviously as somebody who creates art, like you are essentially creating your own world, you know, through your paintings. Like, is that something that you think about? Not necessarily. I'll look, as I look and create multiple things, I'll think about the the whole array of things and what they perceive. And sometimes it'll be like, all right, how many things do I have with graffiti in them? Or just like, all right, the perception outward of like, I don't need every single thing to have graffiti or be coded with certain conversations or like hmm. what is too much and what is too little while also still, all right, I won't shape this too much to other people's opinions, but what do I want it to have and how I, how do I want things to be perceived? And how do you choose that though? Like how do you choose, or not how do you choose, but I guess how do you know that location will make a good painting? I don't in awe and attraction and like i'll have plenty of things that friends and partner and my partner will send to me and things and like it might sit and it might is kind of i'll play i guess a level is also drawing 
as I'll mm-hmm. sketch and do things. And maybe that might attract me a little more. Sometimes it could be lighting. There's kind of a lot of his investigation and things that can probably be abandoned. That it's like, it's, it is a big level of finding what attracts me to it. And some things are just like instant. It's like, nope, I know 100%. I want this. I like this. And other things is like, all right, why? Well, what doesn't attract you? What do you not want to take a, what create a painting of? I think a lot of, a lot of, that's a lot of commercialism, a lot of, like, you will never see me painting a gentrified neighborhood or like skyscrapers necessarily of commercial business and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of regular money, like things that are of a level of like your common everyday person. Hmm. I'm not trying to, I'm not thinking of mansions or the exorbitantly rich or things of that nature that a lot of just kind of like your everyday things that you can come across and like your regular person can experience and be a part of. I said, that was probably a very tricky question to be fair, because you're thinking about everything that you do want to create, not everything you don't want to create. But I think that's kind of interesting. I think that's also interesting. I feel like consumerism especially is so prevalent in like just day-to-day life in terms of like advertising, like, you know, obviously at London Underground, for instance, is the perfect example of like, a really interesting place that's been overtaken by adverts. And I think, you know, even looking into like advertisements and the way in which we are bombarded by information is also very interesting. But yeah, but actually I respect the fact that you're like, actually this is what I'm interested in, this is what I'm not interested in. I think it's nice to have a boundary of what you actually want to say and what you don't want to say. And it's actually a really good idea. The level of just things that don't, that I don't enjoy just seeing in regular, even outside of art, just like uh, I look at, I'll pass those things like that's an eyesore. Hmm. where where's the old brick where why why did it why and seeing is i guess a level of also seeing things demolish and change of like hmm. this gorgeous structure that's been here or gorgeous thing this is what it's become and like and then why i was like all right for the change in, and even just a level of also some of the changing of communities and things of like watching people being driven out of where they're hmm. at and like yeah seeing what's being what's replacing them it's like this you value this more than what was there why yeah well, that's true actually that's a really good way to look at it in terms of good conversations to have as well because that's actually a really really good point in terms of like the modernization of old places especially i think here in england especially if you go somewhere like like any kind of major city you always see the old with the new like i think it's really interesting personally but i also can understand it's quite sad because like if you go somewhere like Oxford, which is full of these beautiful old buildings, but at the same time, like there's a Starbucks and you're a bit like, oh, it kind of ruins the the experience of being in such a place where there's like history, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's also an interesting idea. It's also interesting as well. Um, I like that. That's a really interesting way of considering it in terms of like, what do we value in terms of structures and buildings in terms of like visual identity for a city, especially. Yeah, I think if there's one thing that I've really realized just by creating my own work and going to travel in different cities and shooting images that like every city has a visual identity, whether it wants to or not, it's trying to determine what that is. is very hard. But this idea of like, what is it every day? What can people relate to? What is universal? I think that's really interesting. I think that trying to kind of evoke those kind of questions and find that uh, the answer to that is really interesting actually. And through your work, through painting especially, is a really interesting way to do things. 
Um, I'm always really curious about people who try to recreate the world through painting, especially. Even that with painting specifically, I feel like there's an old world heritage when it comes to painting, mm. like the academy, which is very tradition heavy and like one one of the oldest art schools in the country for here and things of like those old traditions they stick to. They'll feel like it is also a very, it makes a point too of like seeing some of the landscape and things I'm painting and oil painting specifically of like, you think of oil painting in like museums as an elevated conversation. So it's like seeing a rundown building in this, in this elevated conversation, even like myself being a person of black person of color of like being in that conversation while there's been black artists and black painters is also think of a lot of community of like my family who doesn't necessarily, wasn't really, we weren't going to the art museums necessarily yeah. or experiencing those things of like that conversation of representation in that area in yeah. that conversation which is supposed to be the prestigious art yeah that's an interesting that's a probably interesting way of looking at it as well you're right particularly, particularly oil painting which has that kind of as you said like elevated status um that's actually a really good point and it's like you know you go to like like the uh the national portrait museum national portrait in london for instance and it's like full of oil paintings you know it's just like because people back in the day that was like the thing to do that's a really interesting way of considering it, actually, particularly oil painting. But yeah, I like maybe. the fact that you're thinking about your medium as well, though. That's the interesting thing. It's not, it's not just like, oh, this is the visual side of stuff. It's like also, why have I chosen to oil paint? Or why have I chosen this specific medium? And how is that adding to the interpretation of my work and conversation? Yeah, and even think about, like, take the viewpoint of, like, someone who doesn't know art, hmm. but oil painting is what they see. If, they, if you read plaques in those museums that you were saying, like, that conversation in terms of things like but to it most people don't know the difference between oil and acrylic unless you're an artist and you start paying attention to those things but when you hear it it's like oh yeah those connect them those dots and then even from an artist's perspective too of like the work it takes to work oil necessarily mm. to a level of where it is so yes. like the time put into it also factors into that whole conversation of like for this landscape of how it is, it, the time it took to actually get there, if you know the material as well. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly with oil painting, which, you know, just stays wet forever and it never dries. <laughs> it never fully dries. But yeah, no, absolutely. And the fact that you can work back into it as well. Like, I don't know, there's a nice parallel between... Is there a parallel between that? I'm just making that up. There's an interesting parallel between kind of the idea of like working in oil paints and working over time. But the, the parallel of time, I guess, kind of the idea of like you're working oils which can be changed over time versus the way in which the cityscape changes over time because of just like the, the seasons and whatever. Like, and there's something else, maybe I'm just drawing grasping at straws here, but like there's an interesting parallel in that in terms of like the idea of time and the kind of uh, temporality of what they're doing. Yeah, I, I do, I do. it is a fun conversation, I'd say, too. Like, even one of the paintings I finished in the later end of last year of like on New Year's is a pizza place I painted. It caught on fire New Year's this year. And it I moved out of that area and like we were joking the entire time, just like, watch, they're gonna open back up as soon as we leave. And they didn't. But it's like wow. that's that moment of capturing that right before it's gone from the community now. And it wasn't necessarily because something replaced it or anything, like a natural thing of a, a fire happened. See, that's interesting and, as well though. 
because like your work is almost like an archive of the city itself you know captured at specific times because it's not obviously every single second of every single day it's a specific moment of time mm -hmm. that's interesting and it's weird because like that place will never exist again in the same way as it does in your work like that's interesting i wonder why you caught fire though that's interesting mm. i never found that out either like that's i always just like a, yeah that's interesting i'm like that's because because the thing about images of the cityscape and just kind of the environment around us, I feel like the reason that I'm personally interested in looking at stuff like that is because it kind of makes you consider just like the things you miss whilst walking around and like the fact that things are the way they are and that we take that for granted. The fact that, you know, we can walk down the street, for instance, we take that for granted. Or the fact that thing, places are here, particularly like nowadays in shops and establishments where maybe you know, a lot of things are online. It's like the fact that we still have physical stores, for instance, is almost a miracle at some point. So it's just like things like that make me realize, oh, actually, we should pay more attention to the things around us because, you know, a lot of the time we spend looking at a screen. We don't look around us. So it's nice to see the world reflected in art. I feel like looking at the environment is also, like, I'm very much like, I like physical objects. I have mm. knickknacks. Like, the age of, like, digital things, like, no, I'd rather have a physical copy. Mm. And it's like that, may, I guess that also pays forward of like looking at the physical realm around. Yeah, being able to be, and also being able to be a part of that. It's not just, uh, oh, I'm looking at that and observing it. It's like being a part of it, mm -hmm. you know, because it also changes your perspective on, you know, the way in which you are if you're within a place as opposed to just looking at something on a screen, for instance. Mm -hmm. And I actually wanted to ask you, like, what kind of role or like what is the role of the viewer within your work? I feel like something I largely like the viewer, the kind of the place themselves in a lot of these locations, whether they've been there or not, to have this moment of if, if they were there and how that play. And if they were, if they happen to have been be somewhere that they've actually experienced now, to have some kind of recollection within themselves of this space and what's going on. Because the thing that I'm interested in is like, particularly like empty streets, for instance, or like places that are abandoned, they can become, they can become quite eerie because we're used to seeing people like, you know, walking by or being within this environment. And it's like, like how do you want people to feel when they look at your work? I guess I would, I would like them to stop and sit and like some of the more eerie, like some of the ones like that I know can have a more eerie feeling of like, that also plays into even like, I can think of myself being of it's like a dark alley like seeing shadows and the feeling of that pressure in my chest of like you know the feeling where you you know no one's behind you but you keep oh. turning around <laughs> okay. so like even that kind of moment of like recollection of like wait like having to pause and like take is like going into the space and now pulling yourself back out like oh wait i'm not that's not where i'm actually at right now of like those kind of emotions and feelings as well yeah definitely like if you're in an environment where like you kind of stop and you kind of feel you're a bit like i don't think i should be here um or you're just a bit like this doesn't feel maybe as comfortable as it should do or as kind of safe as it should do or just kind of it doesn't feel quite in line with like a, a somewhere else for instance um something that i think about often when i'm out shooting stuff is like it's always like the small, the the really kind of quiet areas, I think are always much more interesting because it's like they're undisturbed. Mm. 
And it's nice to be in some kind of like really small dark back alley with these really interesting kind of places and imagery and light, lighting and stuff. But it's also kind of, it's quite scary because there's nobody else around. Um, but what's that? There's also always the, there's the traces of the man-made and the traces of people being there. So even with some of the more eerie things, it's kind of like whether you see someone or not, you know, someone's been here before. Someone, even yeah. as simple as like, it was constructed. Someone's had to have been here at some point. And you think of that space of like, what is the next moment? What is happening? Yeah. It is like what what happens after what I'm looking at now too as well, and who else and what else is in the space with me? Yes, particularly like, particularly, I don't know if you've ever done this when you're taking pictures to create paintings, but like when you're standing outside of a building and you can hear people inside the building, and you're just a bit like, are you intruding or are they just kind of being really loud? And it's kind of like that kind of threshold. I guess that's an interesting way to think about it, like thresholds of like. Mm particularly like interior and exterior like if you're outside taking pictures of like this really cool alleyway for instance and then yet yeah, you can hear people in the building talking about something it's kind of like almost the the kind of um the alignment of two lives next to each other i think that's always really interesting because you remember like you're not by yourself there are other people around so that's yeah that does because sometimes i'll think about just like even just like physical and metaphor it's like windows into like mm -hmm. what world like different worlds within sections of things like even like say it's a bridge and looking under it what's that window and what's happening in that zone versus the immediate in front of you and like what's the what's the living out there hmm. and that transition of like what what are these worlds that are forming in different pockets that have their own isolated moments yeah particularly things like a block of flats and you think of like the amount of people who live in that block of flats and everybody is has their own lives and everyone's doing such individual things, but they're showing the same space. Like, mm -hmm. Stuff like that always interests me. Or like people getting into a lift, like everybody has their own lives. They, they're in a lift for a different purpose, but they're all in one set. They're all in the same place. There's one moment in time. Stuff like that really interests me. Um, I like that idea, actually. The idea of windows. That's a really interesting. I, that, I think like windows, just generally windows is like a, a symbol and a, like a aesthetic is just, are just interesting. Um, I'm just strange like that. Stuff like that interests me, intrigues me. I was saying the day, like, like, so am I. Because I was thinking about like like the idea of like doorways and the idea of windows and the idea of just kind of like just the environment and the way in which space is, is uh constructed and the way in which we are which we the way in which we adhere to space and which we're where the way in which we're told, oh, you can go here, you can't go here, this is public, this is private, you know, this is where you would live, this is not where you like the, the whole kind of construction of space interests me. Um, and the way in which that we adhere to the constructions of the place in which we live. I don't, there's, I don't, I don't know why I think about this thing, but I just do. There's just something really interesting about space and location and places and geography. Um, no, that, that brings forward the conversations of whose authority is in this space and who determines what this space looks like, what can be in the space. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like the idea of like what's public and what's private is very, very interesting because like places that are private like, should we really have private spaces? Because it's just like, surely the world is public, but then also it's not because it can't be because, you know, commercialism. It's just like, just stuff like that is an interesting conversation to have also because like, you can't access everywhere. You don't have unlimited access. And it's like, you know, like that restraint is also kind of interesting. I don't know. And also you shouldn't trespass. That's not cool either. 
So, you know, that restraint also builds the temptation to want to be and see and experience those spaces yeah. too. Yeah. Cause it's like, well, why not? Well, what's like, you know, what's interesting? It's like abandoned buildings. Like abandoned buildings are awesome, but it's like trespassing is also not cool. Getting fined, you know, thousands of pounds is also not fun. So it's kind of like, I think it's about the experience, isn't it? It's like, okay, why is this place off limits? What's that? Yeah, because if you were allowed access to a abandoned building, would anyone what as many people necessarily go in them? Would you think that? No, probably not. Actually, you're right. That's a, that's a good question. That's actually a really good question. In terms of like, because it, it always baffles me, like how, like how there are so many homeless people, but there are so many empty shops, and it's just like, do 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 the government or do the cities not think? Oh, actually, we should establish some kind of scheme that people can have you know, somewhere to stay, yet we have empty shops that are sitting there being wasted because the city's not making money off them because there's nothing in them. It, it's always, like, stuff like that is always bizarre to me, like, the way in which there's so much politics as well behind who can be where and what can be where and and how things can kind of coexist. It just, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about that that I always find odd. But that's, I guess, it's probably a bigger conversation than just what I'm thinking about. So, I don't know. <laughs> It's just very interesting. But I like the idea of like, if things were accessible, would people access them? Because you're right, like maybe they wouldn't. Maybe the fact that they're not accessible is what is the is the kind of enticement to make people want to go there. Um, that's an interesting consideration, actually. Idea of what's off limits. I'm getting a lot of interesting ideas from the conversation that I'm like, oh, I need to think about this a bit more. Um, and I get particularly my work about this is a really interesting idea. Um, so, so there's a, a quote that you had that I pulled from your statement because your statement is really cool. Um, and the quote is, my landscapes and buildings are my characters with figures as supporting props. And I want to kind of ask you about this idea of like, how do you balance the environment and figures in your work so that they both kind of play a part in your work, but they also are kind of harmonious with each other? I think it comes from a lot of thinking about the space first, because if I'm thinking about the space as the main character hmm. is like I'm thinking about that space first and then thinking about what's going to complement it or take what's going to complement or take away from it is a lot of that conversation of just what's the push and pull what does it need and then kind of talking to the work about what need what does it need for the end goal because I think it's really interesting this idea of like trying to balance the two or at least having one serve is like the main focus and the other being like the supporting because I feel like do I mean I guess I get what one of her question I guess is like do you think that an image without figures is more impactful to the viewer depends on the location I would say because you think about nature and then the reverence we get or you think about how expensive mother nature everything mm -hmm. It, everything it is, how wild, like a, a hurricane, tornado, like you can't stop the force of it. It is, but you even think about just like going in a forest and like all of that awe and wonder and and how impressed you are looking at the difference that you. I feel like you don't give cities that same kind of like while it is man-made and it's taking away from nature that you don't stand back because we take it for granted and see all of that. If you think about someone who isn't used to cityscapes and urban environment and put them into it and they go whoa this is so different wow that you kind of forget what you're the space you're into and i feel like some part of my conversation is also giving it giving the landscape and these environments that wow that you would get if you went us who be in the cities 
go into a forest, how we react mm-hmm. to that or go to a lake or go to the ocean. And it's kind of this grand, grandiose event. Mm-hmm. So how do you treat the urban environment with that same kind of all, though it's not nature now, it's still that man-made. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. As somebody who loves going to the seaside because I don't live by the seaside, it's kind of like you you go to, into a different environment to, to kind of understand it and kind of be amazed by it or kind of grip to it. But I like the idea of, yeah, that's nice. I like the idea of like giving the urban environment that same all. I think that's really interesting actually because we do take it for granted particularly was around us i like that that's a really interesting way to think about it actually i must say um yeah because even say. you mentioning going to a mall if you came to america it's yeah. like you're re- my gu- i didn't say it but my gut reaction is like i can't stand malls i've lived <laughs> next to malls. like how would anyone want to go to a mall it's kind of like a reaction but that's because i lived i'm so jaded and by i've been next to it for so long there's like i don't want to do with it like, I would love that so much. Like, this is the thing. Like, if I came to America and I shot loads of images, they would literally, people, I bet people from America would be like, why did you take all these images? I'd be like, this signpost, this this uh, fire hydrant. I'd be like, this is so interesting to me. We don't have them here. Like, we don't have the same things here. It's, it's very different here. It's similar, but different. Because it's, it's inter- it interests me, just like the way in which that we live so similarly, but so differently at the same time. Like, it, we coexist, but not in the same way. Like, that interests me. Mm-hmm. Even just of like buildings and the way in which, you know, you guys have like the really interesting like motels that are like, oh, you're very stereotypical, very movie like motels that we don't have that here. It's not, it's not a kind of thing we have here. It's just like the way in we, and you know, like you probably have, you probably have access to like more industrial areas, whereas we don't really have that here in the same way. Like it's, it's weird and interesting how like things that you have that you take for granted, like other people may just really be interested in and intrigued by the same way you said like old buildings like, i love old buildings but i'm also like yeah cool yeah it's an old building whereas then you come here yeah. and you'll be like oh but it's like 13th century which is insane to you because you don't have anything that old but to me i'm just like exactly. yeah it's another old building yeah i've, I've seen it before you know mm-hmm. it's really interesting actually how we can all take something different from the environment based on where we're we're actually around like i know friends who have always lived in the countryside and as soon as they came to the city they thought it was so strange because obviously they're not used to it same with people coming from the seaside they think that it's like city life is weird because they're used to the sea and seagulls and you know ice cream every friday you know and going to the beach whereas in like if you're in a city you're kind of locked in to the place you can't and it's it's kind of in a weird way strange strange way it's hard to escape because it's like it's i think we forget it requires a certain you you have to be a certain kind of person to be able to live in a city and, and function. I think mm-hmm. because we're so used to it, we don't think twice, but actually you have to be a certain person to do that. Um, and it's not for everybody as well, you know? Yeah. This is the thing, you know, the amount of people who dream who, who like dream of like living in the countryside and they go to the countryside and realize actually it's not fun. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I think city life is interesting to be taken for granted, but also I feel like we don't also give it enough credit at the same time. It's really interesting actually. And like having this kind of conversation with you makes me realize, well, actually, I should probably appreciate it a lot more than I do, you know, um, for sure, um, generally. You know, just being able to kind of get up and go to like a green place or be able to walk through the streets or kind of, you know, hopefully feel safe in the neighborhood you're in, you know, just stuff like that. Like, I love walking around at night, but I know a lot of people would never want to do that. And it's like, just being able to do something like that, you know, it's it's really refreshing and fun. But it's like, you can't always do that wherever you are. You know, stuff like that, I guess. So. Let's get into your creative process, actually. Like, so are there any routines or kind of um, creative processes you do that help you focus on creating your work? 
So I would say, if, if I would say a routine, it was definitely, I have a very large sketchbook practice. Yeah. I'll draw, I'll draw a lot and I'll physically paint, I'll physically paint in my sketchbooks as well. Oh, wow. Do full things that I can ignore or just to get something out that definitely working through sketchbooks and going through those definitely helps me focus and figure out what directions and seeing just flipping through and seeing what else I've been thinking about an extent extensive note taking too of just like doing master copies studying and seeing what other things I enjoy definitely a routine I would say is the doom scrolling on Instagram is also because just seeing just seeing art too in general just like how much work and seeing things I enjoy and trying to curate my feed to things that I really want to enjoy and inspire me. I see. I think that's important though. But I'm kind of also curious to like, we'll get back to your sketchbook in a minute. I definitely want to talk about that a bit more for sure. But I kind of want to ask you like, because the idea of curating, particularly like Instagram or particularly like your feed to things that you want to actually see, like does looking at the art help you or hinder you? Both. Because it, it is very easy to get into the comparison game. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, other even other landscape painters in comparison seeing seeing work and conversations they're having and things that it was like who i see it's also i guess because i'm very self-reflective seeing what is i enjoy about some of their works and conversations and then seeing also seeing what i don't enjoy is also relevant to just add the whole sphere of things it's like oh i don't like that i can avoid that area or that so i feel like going both ways yeah. And then of also just the comparison of seeing other work and seeing the whole numbers thing of Instagram of seeing something mm-hmm. just blow up and it's like, why was that the one to blow up? Or even something that you like that you did that doesn't blow up. Like, actually, I have a funny comment that my partner gets mad at me for that probably the post on my Instagram that has the most likes is probably my least favorite painting. Oh, really? And it's kind of like, to this day, whenever it's like, why does anyone like this? I can't stand this. Then why did you create it then? I enjoy, I think it was an, an enjoyment at the time. Hmm. And as you're always growing and doing things, it's like where I'm at now, I at that point, I considered it one of my favorite and best paintings. Hmm. And where I'm at now, I can pick it apart, Yeah, which I shouldn't necessarily do, but I can and just instinctively happens but that's a great way to learn though isn't it you, you you understand moving forward what you're not interested in what you don't want to do or like the kind of aesthetics you're not going for or like even just um techniques that you're not going for or a style you're not going for because you know we forget like we change and we evolve and we develop just as much as the work does like your taste change just as much as your work does so i think that's actually really i think that's actually kind of funny though that that's the most liked image of yours because it's like it just shows you that what people think, what people like and what you like are very different things. And it's like as an artist, like how do you like you know you have to kind of figure out like how you align those two together because you want to be creating work that you like, not because other people mm-hmm. like it. You know, that's pretty funny actually. But I think it's also like that makes sense. That's always the way. Like it's always the thing that you like the least, or something you're not sure about that other people seem to love, and you're a bit like, oh, that's the one that's gonna go viral that you didn't want to go viral, you know? Yeah, because it's one of those like I wouldn't unmake this painting, but it's yeah. kind of like to this day, because I think I made the painting three years ago now, but like still, that's one when people go and like older posts or things, like that's one of the ones. It's like you're still, it's still going. 
But I think it also is a good reminder that art is timeless and that no matter how much you grow and no matter how much you create new work, people will always be interested in what you've also previously done. And the fact that like once you put on the internet is always there, you know, people would always see it. It may not be. And also like, I think the great thing about art is that people will see it when they need to see it and they will, they will react to it in the way they wish need to react to it in that moment in time. Like somebody might see your work from three years ago and be like, this is amazing because their skill level that they might, you know, they might find that inspiring. They want to create that themselves. You know, I think you, we should never take for granted, even though we all do the fact that social media, especially, but particularly art, like that, the fact that art is timeless and that just because I think old to you as the creator is brand new to the next person, you mm-hmm. know, someone's discovering it for the first time, you know, and who knows whose life that would change because they want to, be inspired by that or they want to produce something like that or they're interested in that you know you just don't know but i think we have a more of an impact on people than we realize we just don't necessarily always actually get to understand that i think or maybe that's just hopeless desperation on my part <laughs> no I, I i think there's a lot of truth in that as well because it is very true of when someone experiences your work that you're you're someone who could be your biggest collector biggest fan could not have experienced your work yet. Hmm. Exactly. And when they when they find it is when they find it. Yes. I think it's this conversation I have with a lot of artist friends, especially. And it's just the idea of like nobody might know who you are until you're no longer here. And maybe that's when your work will be be the right time for it. Well, that might be the right time for your work to be recognized. You know, you don't always have to recognize now. I think we're all very caught up in like numbers and money and you know, wanting to have a career now. When, you know, having being an artist is a lifelong career. It's not something that's just like the, the way I see it is like this. Like, if you want success tomorrow, that's great. But then you're going to peak. You know, you want to you want to create a life for yourself in which you never peak because the whole idea is that you're always creating new work and people are always interested. If you want reality and you want to go viral, that's cool. But you're, you're you know, after you've gone viral, you then have to chase the next hit, and it's like you won't be able to replicate it because that's not how people going viral work. Nobody nobody ever stays viral. That's the thing, you know, but people always stay consistent artists or creating consistent work. So I don't know, for me and my observations of just art in general and the way people create art, I think people have to have to remember, like, rather than focus on blowing up an Instagram, focus on creating a consistent body of work that people will be able to, to come back to and understand and kind of grow with, you know, at the end of the day, um, in my opinion, but I know to think so, you know. Um, so coming back to your sketchbook for a second so I wanted to ask you like how do you choose what to add into your sketchbook and how does your sketchbook actually inform the final images you create I would say putting things in my sketchbook is very sporadic yeah because there's also at the same time it'll be next to a grocery list that also has says delete emails seven times and I still haven't done it so it it mixes the things, moments of also when I get to draw and doodle or paint. Mm. And it'll go back to when I am start working on something, I might go back into my sketchbook to do little studies of like when I get frustrated to go back or try to work ideas out. And sometimes, because I'll actually straight oil paint in my sketchbook too as well. So sometimes it's just do it in there and we'll see if I take it elsewhere or just lives in there. So it kind of, it goes back and forth. and then. I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm consistently just running through and working through sketchbooks that is just, 
a natural inclination of just the work in there. And if it, if it finds reason to exit there, it will. How many do you have? Currently that are, I'm that I'm currently using, I would say there's at least three, maybe four. Wow. wow. But then I, I have, and I'll reference back to, cause I have, I have, I should have every sketchbook I've probably had since middle school. Have you ever done a sketchbook tour? I've done little videos and things oh. and on my Instagram of like scrolling through when I've finished hmm. certain books. But I also will go back and probably sketchbooks, at least from the past two years, I'll go back and reference and go back. Because in the same way I have that catalog with references, ideas and drawing, sometimes if I'm looking for something new to start or something that interests me, I'll go back and see, is there something I played with in one of these old books from the past two years that I haven't painted necessarily yet or done that use that imagery or similar or parts of it? That's so cool. I love this idea. I think it's just such a cool idea of like keeping a sketchbook and having like not just visuals to hand in terms of photography, but also just like ideas to hand. I think sometimes you think about your best ideas when you are not, when you haven't got time to write them down, you know, yeah. or like maybe it's just a word you're thinking of that could inspire you. And actually, do you do a lot of writing or is it just mainly just imagery? It, there's been more writing. I have a separate book that I'll use that I'll I'll doodle it occasionally, but it's mostly just notes, keeping track of things, housekeeping, business, hmm. and things. And I'll add things, and even just because I've been doing a bunch of uh, studio visits in terms of conversation, wow. things I remember from studio visits or critiques, or just putting notes inside in there, or I'll write little phrases of things that might have inspired me in the moment. Sometimes I'll, yeah. I'll do the driving, just like hurry up. It's like very dangerously. Just like, all right, it's going to be horrible and I'll rewrite this later, but I need to write it down right now or I will never remember this beautiful yeah. statement that I just randomly thought of. Yeah. I think writing is really powerful. I think that's one thing that I've realized is that writing is so powerful. Like having ideas that you just put down in words, I think is always so helpful. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, have you ever considered like collaborating with like a writer? Not that I've come across, but it wouldn't be something I would be opposed to. But so, I guess the flip side of that is some of those conversations of like why I don't think I would have been a good illustrator is also I can see myself fighting with outside influence in terms of okay. shaping an end conversation. Because like I did a illustration for one of the Philly newspapers last fall and it worked out and we created a great image, but I also found myself fighting with having like feedback is great but having to change something because of mm. someone's opinion can can form a great image in the end but also it's like how much push and pull from someone else do yeah. i necessarily want to work with i think it kind of comes down to like what is an authentic image if you're creating an illustration with somebody else because you know you want to feel like they're going to hire you on the merit of your work because you can create great work but then if they have an input it's like you know sure you know you're kind of a bit like it's my work leave me alone or when I create it, you know, I can imagine it's not uh, not always that fun, I think. Yeah, it's you like know? something just learning about, one of those things, learning about myself. It's like, mm. how much do I actually enjoy that? That is like, pulling. is it pulling a nail and tooth to get an yeah. end result? And for some people, that's a really smooth process. Yeah, and some people, they just get left alone. 
you know that is awesome you know, just, i think it just it depends but it is not on the client but i think it's nice to have that skill set though because you can always utilize that in future endeavors like you know maybe mm-hmm. if you wanted to create let's say you wanted to create um, um a campaign for a city about you know like empty space from the city like you can also work with brick so it gives you the advantage of being able to work with people not just for people mm-hmm which I think is an important skill to have as an artist, because like, let's just say somebody wanted you to create, wanted you to create a mural, for instance, which could be really interesting. You know, it's like you then also know how to be able to work with somebody and like adhere to guidelines. And you know, somebody wants you to redo something that you can. You might not want to, but you can. You have the ability to be able yeah. to be flexible, and it can work in your advantage in in like future ideas and in different kind of ways and different methods of working. So I think it's always a good skill to have because I think you have to be open to criticism and feedback, but also know what your true purpose is an artist and what is your unicorn kind of your authentic visual language as an artist as well yeah, mm-hmm. i think that's also very important important so i was to ask you like do you view your work as individual paintings or do you prefer to view it as like a whole body of work so that like, are we looking at a continued story through each of your images or is each image a different story both it bounces out of yeah. some pieces are just it's individual narrative and the story and then sometimes because I'm very big on one of my favorite things just with making work is I enjoy composition. It's one of my favorite things, even just with looking at work. So I can even look at similar places and just look for new compositions in the same location and things and different stories. Like before I moved, there was one little one corner in particular that I found myself that I've done probably several paintings and works just bouncing around that corner, not intentionally necessarily, but it just might have been something that struck and something that, I, and then after doing it all, I was like, oh, wait, I didn't even realize how much I played with that area. And it's like, looking at it, it's like, of course, you're all within the same world, though different moments and different things, different tell, different narrows, narratives entirely. But it does exist together in my head. But then there's also standalone things that happen. Because I'm interested in the way in which you, you display your work on your website, because it's done by year. Not by anything I, else. I literally just, I probably updated my website within the last three weeks. Okay. <laughs> it was not like that prior because I was, oh. I was dragging, I'm not done it technically either. Yeah. Cause I was dragging my feet for probably a year on needing to update my website. And I finally got around to doing that like a week or two ago. Got around, but not finished because I haven't yeah. touched the sketchbook section yet. Yeah, because I was yeah, because I was curious like, as to why you aligned it via year, not via say a theme or a particular kind of like a body of work together, for instance. So there, there is an actual reason for that, and it, it kind of touches notes with that conversation about the painting. I said isn't necessarily my favorite, but uh, earlier in the year, I actually had an opportunity that I did on the illustration side of things. I did a licensed two artworks to a show that's filming in philly right now that's cool but they when going and selecting works they were going through my website as one of as one of the main place they were looking at images to possibly use and the way i had it before it was just a visual organization of things i might have thought looked nice together or separated so it wasn't all drawings together or things and a few of the uh, the two works they both ended up selecting 
were older things that I don't necessarily view in the same light as some of the newer works that I went that I started thinking about like, all right, it doesn't necessarily tell you when that works from, but they just grab that older work that not necessarily, I enjoy it, but it's not necessarily in the spectrum of where I'm going currently. Yeah. So that made me think to make a little bit of separation. Like, all right, it is that older work is there, but it's letting someone who's viewing it looks like, all right, this is what he was doing X years ago. This is what he's doing now in terms of, so it's kind of always just to make a separation for myself. It's like, yeah. here, I'm letting you know you're picking this older thing. It's not what I do now. Yeah. Because like, it's interesting to me because like, you can see your progression, your technical progression from 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, that like, you can see that. And I think that's really interesting. And it's also interesting to see like how, your influences are still the same throughout. So I think it works in your favor. And I think it's a good idea. But I just think it was just an interesting way to align it because I assumed it would have been different. And it's funny because it was different. I just didn't know this. It's kind of funny. But I don't know why I assumed <laughs> yeah. it would be a bit different. I feel like because your work, because a lot of your work is, is visually, because your work is about the city, it's visually very similar. And it's like, I'm always interested in like, how do people translate that through websites? Because website, the website is your portfolio. You know, it's like, how do you want people to read your work? Because your website is, probably the best place to understand your work, you know, outside of like random posts on Instagram. And I don't know, I was literally working, I was like, this is, I wonder why he's doing it like this. I thought I had to, I just had to ask. I was like, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to do it actually, but I was curious. Because, um, yeah, support, your website's a portfolio and it's like the way in which you arrange your work is extremely important to how it's read. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Let me ask. Yeah. So how do you make sure that you're challenging yourself with the work you're creating and not just repeating the same imagery. So I felt that a large part of that comes in with just how I'm looking at compositions and playing and making very fun arrangements for myself. And even just that it doesn't necessarily challenge me on the technical side of painting, though it is all up. There's a progression, but the, that's not the challenge I'm looking for in terms of conversations and spaces and arrangements of like, what and how how am I building on the storytelling narrative within landscape? Because that is something I take a lot from that illustration base that I have is while I don't think of myself as illustrating, I think of that a lot of those techniques and practices when it comes to even just making a landscape or an image of like how to build a story and how to cohesively work. So I feel like I challenge myself in that aspect as well as composing interesting, fun things and how to ch- take similar places or images and make that into a different experience. Okay, that's cool. That makes sense. Because I'm always curious about, like, about the context of your work. Like, how important is it that people understand the context behind the work? Because if you're seeing a painting of a place, is cool. You might be drawn to it. But if you don't understand the context behind it, you might not just, you might just disregard it. So like, how important is context to your work? I feel like it holds, to people who are interested, it's one of the things I enjoy talking about, but it's not necessarily the main focus point. Because hmm. I like, uh, especially with very recognizable and just everyday landscapes of such, I like the point that it can you can weave your own infert context into it and make up make up a story almost, or take the perceived story I've kind of crafted versus. You might see shadows or you might see a section of a person, not a full person, that you start 
making up your own tale of what is happening and how do you, how does that person view and perceive it that I don't necessarily want one way to perceive or to interpret it. Okay, that's cool. You want to leave it open for people to kind of insert their own narrative into the work without giving them like, oh, this is an image of a landscape that makes you want to think about this. Yeah, like I don't want to spoon feed you all of the information. I want you to give you enough that you can kind of form your own take. Right. But then how do you make sure it's not too ambiguous? I think how it goes into that is because I am very, I like clutter. I like image. I like texture. And so a lot of those that I'll fill the space with so many things and leave certain areas blank that I feel like I'm giving, make sure I'm giving enough information of giving enough of something that kind of points you in some kind of general direction. Don't know which one, but it's point. It's not. It's not behind you, but you know which. Okay. One, you know it's somewhere in front of you. So, how often do you show the process of your work? Depends on how busy I am, because I'll often share a lot of in progress things, and people who follow me probably have seen in my story a lot of over things because I work on so many things at once. You'll see starts and stops and things, and inside of the studio or my sketchbook. So also, I don't shy away from showing that kind of stuff that I enjoy because I enjoy seeing it from others. I just kind of put that in, put that out there that people can see that hmm. as well. as And you see my sketchbook, you see my sketchbook section on my website as well. Nice. So like those little bits add to it all and I enjoy seeing it all together. And I've played with even showing sketchbooks alongside work, process things and looking at how the stages of how it's developed. So how important is it for you to get feedback on your work and what kind of feedback are you interested in? It's very important because I definitely can get locked into the, the, I'm the only person staring at something for so long. And I'll ask a lot of my peers and people who work I respect or different, slightly similar or different work. I'll ask them just for critique and feedback. And just, I will generally like to see a a cold take on just like what's working, what's not, what are any opinions? Cause I don't have to agree with necessarily mm -hmm. them just to get how it's perceived elsewhere, especially cause I leave an area of it vague and in interpretation to see how it's perceived or is something reading and how that is. And a lot of just any general oversight of, if I'm looking at the only person looking at something for hours on end, I can easily just, glaze over not paying attention to something i wanted to do necessarily and it get brought up and it's like oh yeah that's actually what i already i wanted to do that already thank you for reminding me and as you're talking about like looking at work for a long time and kind of being by yourself it's something we touched on very early on in terms of like the idea of being lonely as an artist or at least kind of like isolated what's crazy like how do you combat the the potential loneliness that comes with with creating art so I would say, luckily, the it's gonna. I'm about to have a change in dynamics. Luckily, the last two years, one of my roommates was one one of my peers who graduated with me, and we are all very uh -huh. similar body of work in terms of what we enjoy and do it, and we do it very differently. So I we had each other to bounce off for the past two years. So now I don't have that. So I'll be seeing how that change in space is, but I feel like I've already started pre-combating that just by even doing studio visits talking to people so i feel like 
a level of more studio visits and being incorporated in things and just conversations about the work so that I'm still involved because I feel like as an artist, that community is going to be the most important part always. Absolutely. So not having someone necessarily right here always is going to be a level of reaching out more. Yeah, that's true. I think it's always nice to have somebody immediate you can talk to about your work because, you know, you need, you know, sometimes you need reassurance. Sometimes you need, you know, a stern eye. Sometimes you need just someone to be honest with you and tell you what's working and what's not. Particularly mm. someone who has, a, you know, your best interest at heart as well. I think yes. that's really, really helpful. So I also wanted to ask you about exhibiting work. So, like, at what point did you know you're ready to start exhibiting work? This is like when we were talking about the title of artist this is another one that's kind of fell and I'm kind of still rolling with it is that that my first exhibition uh with my thesis show graduating that it went very well and all of the work will end up actually selling that it kind of just momentum wow. so momentum from there of just showing and opportunities of one thing of showing then opportunities of people reaching out the show there's kind of been one step at the other and just applying the things as keeping the momentum of what I've been doing going. That is just a lot of making the physical work and kind of also applying myself of just going. See, that's so cool though. I think that's so interesting that your work sold out at your show. That's so interesting because I feel like that's not something that happens all the time. And it just shows that your work mean something to somebody other than just yourself because i feel like as an artist you could spend your entire life painting painting that doesn't mean people are going to want to buy it but as soon as we practice it it kind of there's like a a connection to it it means that it's worth something to somebody and that means that somebody is interested in it so i i I I imagine for you it must have been like you know actually really really interesting and humbling that somebody wanted your work that it was was an extremely humbling experience it's good especially for that the large at that point that was the largest and how well that was perceived and how it's been perceived since kind of is like oh or a reassurance of like this direction especially because that was like my first real showing upon starting to really paint of like other people were enjoy- even just monetary things aside is like people were enjoying the things that- I only did that because it was what I was enjoying and seeing other people enjoy it enough to want to have it and live with that. That's a big thing. It's like, I also, I want people to who actually enjoy it to live with the things I make. Because I, I want that to be in a space where it's appreciated and loved and lived with. Because I, I could keep all of my paintings and be happy. It's like, a lot yeah. of it, I'm sad to see it go. Because it's like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. And it's it just, it's a nice... It's also like at such an early stage in your career as well. It's nice to have that that boost of like, oh, actually, like you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing, particularly something that you weren't necessarily planning to do as well. I guess mm-hmm. I think that's actually really nice. I think it's actually really kind of funny. I feel like a lot of artists I know kind of fell into art in a way that was more unconventional rather than just be like, oh, I'm going to be an artist. And I think it's kind of funny because they're always the people who are a lot more successful or at least kind of they have more quote-unquote commercial success or quote-unquote like success in terms of like sales but i think that's really interesting because clearly you've touched on something that people like and you've touched on something that people are interested in it's just how you move forward with it and how you decide to kind of engage more people with different conversations is down to you um, mm. 
but it also is a great signifier that you're doing a good job. Yeah. So we're gonna head into the conclusion section. I have probably another seven, eight questions. Is that okay? All right, yeah. Perfect. So what has art what wait, what is that? What has creating art taught you about yourself? It's taught me that I'm insane. Is <laughs> A kind of a, a parallel back to skateboarding that I already got from skateboarding is like the level of patience and failing that skateboarding mm. is the process of failing over and over and figure and tweaking until you get it just right and then you build off. So I feel like the two of them hand in hand have taught me about yeah. just building off of little successes and even like touch, talking that painting that I don't necessarily I was saying I don't enjoy necessarily just like I try it just because it was humorous I mentioned it that way but taking what I do enjoy from that painting and other paintings and acknowledging what I don't enjoy and how to take the sections I enjoy and build that forward and not harp on the negative sides of things of like how, what to take and how you build up upon where you're already at. And even the process of continuing working and just simply doing the thing at the end of the day. Yeah, that's cool. I like this idea of like patience, especially patience and failing. They're two things that I feel like we forget that we have to always do in life generally to understand or to further ourselves. I think patience, especially because, you know, your craft takes a long time and it's not, it doesn't, it, you don't just create art. It doesn't work like that. You have to apply yourself and it's, you know, time spent and it's, you know, a dedication. I think that's such a really good lesson to, to remind people, actually. That's a very good lesson to remind people. So I have actually two questions, but I have a question for you from the last artist I interviewed. Uh, the last artist I interviewed was a wonderful lady called Sarah Jameson, super lovely. Um, and her questions for you are, well, the first one is, how important is it for your work to be referential to itself? I, you might've stumped me on this one. <laughs> I'm sure it holds some weight, but it's also, I guess the nature of like how I compose and think of things it is, it is there's so much compilation and collaging of everything and influence and, and imagery into the final product that it can't it blurs that it's it, it's important it's blurs back and forth of like what i need it to be and where it's gonna go hmm. you know it's, it holds some importance but not much it's like yeah it's in between honestly i'm not sure actually yeah part of because i think it's interesting because your work contains cityscapes, especially like you could reference back to a different place within the image itself. So like you can have um, a painting of a shop window and in that window is reflected a place that you painted before in one of the other paintings, for instance, and it could be like a literal, like a very literal reference to itself, you know, so like that possibly. Oh, no, I've done little things like referencing other paintings within painting of mine. There was a third one, but only two of them had actually been finished and the series from the last show i had one of the last shows i had there were there was just a van that made reoccurrence of paintings that ah. i made a, a, wolf, a little narrative of even with the titles in terms of a van being stolen and refound at, within ah. another painting and how it's even was manipulated since then but it was clearly like all right that van that painting and then the painting i didn't end up finishing I also included it in a missing poster in a billboard that I made up. That was cool. Of like how you 
Oh, but now I was uh, like, maybe I should go back and rework that one. But that's just little things like idea. that I find fun, like tying, finding little reference points to make up and tie into other things. Yeah, the little Easter eggs. Yeah, that's, that's if you're if you're looking, uh, those are little fun things that would excite me. That's so cool. That's such a good idea. I love the idea of like an missing poster as well. Like that's such a cool idea. Because it's so obvious in terms of like you can include that in your paintings very easily on like it on like you know a lamppost or something. But at the same time, like you'd have to hunt for that. It's like your work then becomes like a treasure hunt. I love that idea. It's such a good idea. Yeah. That's such a good idea. I love that so much. I think it's so cool. Because also like it kind of it comes back to like world building. It's like you're kind of creating all these little narratives that run across paintings, but then also like, do they run across paintings? Or is it just accidental? It's like, it's almost like the viewer never quite knows if it's deliberate or not. So you kind of keep the viewer guessing. It's like, that's such a cool idea. I love that idea so much. Or if like, if every one of your images, like the next image you paint has a reference back to their older image, you know, or something like that, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. some kind of chain or some kind of thread that runs through the images other than the fact that you created them. That's such a cool idea. I love that idea so much. I hear such a cool idea. Such a cool idea. And because you're an artist, you can do stuff like that as well, which I think is great. That's so interesting. That that's fascinating. I mean, I'm like, that's so cool. I need to go back through all your work now, just look at all the details and be like, are these related to anything else? I'm gonna do that now. Yeah, because there's little fun, fun things so that that's also I'll make little even just even in shapes and things, little visual rewards or things I like that if you like actually pay attention to little things is like little simple things like oh that's a little gem right there hidden in there that's such a good idea though because it again it comes back to the experience of the work not just of the single painting it's like well actually you have to look at it to experience it to understand it it's not a case of of the circle painting it's like it's an experience it's like you know it's a mystery to be unraveled it, you have to decipher it it's not just a painting i love that idea so much i think it's such a good idea such a cool idea such a good idea i love that Take a good billboard as well. I think that's cool. <laughs> so funny. It's just also funny because it's also like it could be real life, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. That's you, so you don't know at the end of the day. Hmm. That's such a cool idea. I just can't get over how cool that is. Um, the second question for you from Sarah Jameson is where are you in your arc of art making? Uh somewhat past the starting line. Hmm. I feel like I'm doing a lot of things and right now but it's still just building and it's so much and this is the long run so it's still mm. so much more to come but if, i'm at i'm at a great place i feel like and just building on every just building stepping stones and just trying to keep going forward that's perfect that's cool because that's what you want though you want to be able to like the cool thing is that you've got a really good foundation you've set yourself a really nice foundation for whatever you want to do next and you've got you know, some sales and do about, which is cool because always a good thing to put in your survey or a good thing to be able to tell people. But it's like, you've also got the ideas and the knowledge and the imagery to know what you want to create. It's just a case of creating it, finding people to buy it, continuing the journey. I think it's really cool. I think you are in a very good position, but it's also because you've worked hard to get here, not just because you have your hair, you know? So I think that's really interesting. Mm. That's really cool, actually. Uh, do you have a question for the next artist I interview? I didn't know. I'm trying to remember what it was. I, I had a good one. But if you could create the ideal space for you to present yourself and in your work, what would that entail? What would be your answer to that question? I would say it would be a space similar to our conversation about different spaces you could present work in. It would probably be somewhere that's just a gallery space that's devoted with 
crust chain link fences random props materials like all these things knickknacks and things that kind of like aren't necessarily part of the work but just add to the experience of everything you're in because that's just i enjoy i am very big knickknacks and all those little bits and bobs that add together to create a space so i feel like that would be incorporated into my ideal showing such a good idea i feel like we don't think about how to show the work we only think about creating the work and I think showing the work and presentation is just as important, if not in some cases, more important than the work itself. Because I feel like we're used to looking at really nice imagery, but we're not always used to being presented nice imagery. Mm-hmm. So I, I put here, if you could create the ideal space to present yourself and your work in, what would that look like? Yes. Does that sound okay? Yes. Perfect. Uh, so what does it mean to be a successful artist? And how do you measure the success of your own work? So to each their own, but for me, I don't need much in life. I I really want my bills paid to have a little bit of, I don't necessarily want to be rich ever. Hmm. I just don't want to ever stress over where a, where a bill is going to be paid from at any point. Like to me, that is success that you can comfortably live. If you want to go do something, you can do it. And you don't have the stress and worry over where monetary is coming from that covered and be able to be comfortable so i think that is my ideal vision of what success is and how do you measure the success of your own work how do you know something is successful at the end of the day it's does it excite me because it purely because i had things that people have complimented and loved and it i have not been a fan of it's like it has to regardless of like how I feel growing past it when I'm calling a work finished and I'm done working like does it excite me purely is it something I'm excited to look at Hmm. that's a great answer actually so can anybody be an artist yes anyone because it's what you create and what it's kind of as a very personal experience of what and some no one has to enjoy it it's it's kind of truly anyone can make and create and do and think as long as they're putting thought and thought into what they're doing and deciding they want to do it. And because okay. the technical side, anyone can apply themselves to technically make something at the end of the day and take classes and learn. Cause that's just a matter of applying yourself to it. Right. There's, there's not really any barrier besides yourself and occasionally financial. Uh, the, the question would be different if it was to be necessary, like to have a career as an artist. But mm. to be an artist, you don't need to. You don't need sales. You don't need anyone to like it. You simply need to the act of making. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good distinction. Maybe I should change that question. Actually, that's a good distinction. That's a very good distinction, and it's true as well. So, what would your younger self think about your work? My younger, the first thing that popped in my mind, and I'm going to give this answer. My younger self was said there should be some more cowboys. Very big Wild West person. You can add that in somehow. I'm pretty sure you can find a way to incorporate that. No, I'm good. I <laughs> did <laughs> that. More cowboys is what we all need. <laughs> it's one of the, I, I can abstain from that. That for my, besides my personal enjoyment. That's cool. I like that. That's that's, that's also funny. Also, because they're completely miles apart from what you do now, which is great. 
<laughs> so the very last question, which I'll probably be glad to know, is what are you currently working on and where can people find more about you and your work? So I'm currently working on a body of work for a show in August for at Da Vinci Art Alliance in Philly. The, the body of work is based around corner stores, food insecurity, and just highlighting these staples of communities. So that show will be in August. Besides that, my Instagram and my portfolio website, and also I show with Gross McLeaf Gallery in Philadelphia. So that they currently have a lot of my work as well. That's absolutely perfect. Nazir, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it a lot. It was a pleasure chatting. That concludes my conversation with Nazir Young. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com get in touch via social media sites such as Twitter and Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in supporting the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of these platforms to help spread the word. Also, if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you're interested in supporting the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page for monthly donations. Tears out from £1, and more information can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Additionally, we also have a PayPal for one time donations. If you're interested in donating, I'll include a link in our show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe.